Hey there, geeks. I'm Kevin Andrew Rivera. And I'm Raul Ceballos. You're listening to Real Geek News. A monthly podcast where we geek out about movies, TV, and streaming. We got a month's worth of news to talk about, so without further ado, let's get geeky. We got some breaking news. Do we now? Yes, sir. For those of you listening right now, uh, Ben Affleck will officially be making an appearance in Aquaman 2. Jason Momoa confirmed the news and shared these photos of the pair together at Warner Brothers Studios recently. And IGN has covered it. So, guys, we might have our Ben Affleck, Batfleck back. Hallelujah! I don't know if that means permanently but you know this is okay so this is the thing i i was thinking because i don't know i feel like ben affleck for a long time i've thought for a while that he his he's done with batman and that the flash was going to be like the flash is supposed to be like this reset right this reset by all accounts of the dceu and so I was thinking that with that ben affleck that that's his last one and he's after that he's done but then he keeps coming back now, it seems. So I am so, I don't know how to take this news. I don't know what to think about it. Well, you know, in, in the in the article that IGN just posted about it today, uh, they were talking about how Ben Affleck was discussing how horrible of a time he had working on Justice League. And like, well, he's that's, not the only one. Has, yeah, no, I mean, everybody had a yeah. terrible time, but, but Ben yeah. Affleck specifically not only had a terrible time on set, but was going through some horrible life crisis situation behind right, the scenes right, that nobody yeah, really knew true. about. Yeah. Uh, alcohol issues and, mm-hmm. and divorce and mm-hmm. this and that. And so I think all that combined kind of made him go like, okay, guys, I can't be doing Batman with everything else that's yeah, happening in my I, life I gotta, right now. I got to step away, yeah. So, But now we have Batfleck or a Batman, a Ben Affleck, who has now married Jennifer Lopez, the lucky bastard and uh and he's like he looks like he's a lot happier he's more sober uh everything about his life has looks like it's kind of going upwards and he's been working on a lot of movies that he's been saying he's wanted to work on for fun with matt damon and a few others right um i don't know if you saw the last duel recently i did not it's a great that was with adam driver too right with adam driver with the, the matt damon and adam driver try to kill each other as knights um, and Ben Affleck is just, he's in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully that means that Ben Affleck might be considering like, Hey, everything's kind of being getting better in my life. So I could kind of go back to this whole Batman thing, maybe, but so, we're testing the waters. So what I'm curious is, is you've got the article there, Kevin. It, how was it phrased? Is he, is, is he supposed to be there for, is it like a cameo or is it like how significant of a role does it say? he's playing if at all i'm gonna assume it's a cameo because it doesn't really mention that he's like just in all the movie and plus it feels like a very last minute announcement kind of thing because does this this movie come out like next year or something yes it does yeah 2023 i believe uh either november or december 2023 so it sounds to me like maybe this is something that came out in during reshoots right because they're pretty much done filming aquaman 2 and mm-hmm. so at this point, they're probably doing reshoots, aren't they? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like an end credit thing. Okay. Yeah. Stay well, with me here. Yeah. Stay okay. with me here. End credits. Aquaman comes out of the ocean. Batman's over here waiting for him. And he's like, oh, Bruce, what's up? And Bruce is like, we need your help again. And he's like, huh? And he's like, 
we got to do the justice thing again. And he's like, oh, okay. Because, because remember what we yeah. talked about? If we anybody... got to do the justice thing again. How He should say that verbatim. <laughs> yeah, we got to kick some justice booty or we gotta something. We got to do the justice thing again. It, honestly, I'm sure he could make it sound re- way cooler than how oh, I say yeah. it. But, like, that'd be pretty cool if he kind of was like, hey, there's hope for one more Justice League ride. And if that's the case, if the chances of Ben Affleck coming back for another movie, even though he didn't need to, doesn't that give you hope that maybe Henry Cavill will come back as Superman? I guess, but it's like I'm so confused because I'm getting mixed messages from Warner Brothers on what the hell they want to do with the DCEU. Do they want to reset and go to in a different direction, or they want do they want to stay continuing with the the, stay the course that they're doing right now? Like, okay, this indicates to me if they're bringing that. You know, then again, we don't know what this means. We we don't know how big of a role or how small of a role this is. It sounds to me, it sounds to me like they're doing this during reshoots, so it's probably a cameo, but I don't know. It just, I, I, I don't understand what this means for the overall DCEU. I think I know what it is. Okay. Yeah, I confidently know what it is. Okay, do you remember <laughs> how when we talked about San Diego Comic-Con, how I was telling yeah. you that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is, like, he's basically the test He's testing Warner Brothers, trying to see if he has the power to move them, to make them reconsider ideas like Henry Cavill and bringing back other characters from that universe. Right? Right, right, right. Maybe, just maybe, he succeeded (laughs) with San Diego Comic-Con. And so so you're telling me that after San Diego Comic-Con, they called Ben Affleck up and was like, hey, we changed our minds. Let's have you come back for a cameo. And then he filmed the cameo? I think I think he must have convinced them. Okay, I'm really I'm trying to piece this together right now. Okay, <laughs> Hold on a I, I know this I is think... breaking news, so we haven't had much time to kind of process this. Yeah, I know for real on it. So we're kind of processing it right now as we speak live. On this is air. my this is my theorizing brain right now, trying to work on right. on 24 hour mode here. Okay, uh, I think I think that maybe Dwayne the Rock Johnson had already helped push that idea. And maybe, because, I mean, they can't just have been like, mm-hmm. all right, Dwayne was in SDCC. Like, we got to put Bruce back in. I think Ben Affleck's free. Like, you know, like, I'm sure that's not how it happened. I'm sure he must have planned ahead and they had the idea right. to bring him back. But, you know, when you look at the Justice League right now and the way that the Zack Snyder universe was left kind of just stranded, you still have the toys. Like, pick up the toys and keep using them. You don't have to have Zack Snyder do it anymore. Sure. You could have somebody else do it. I mean, that's true. Get rid of Ezra Miller. Well, like, everybody else, <laughs> bring him back. Maybe not Ray Fisher after all that stuff that kind of went down. But, yeah. you know, like. That's I, the thing. I think we just kind of need, like, I don't know. They got to get some sort of. Like, Warner Brothers needs to needs to gather together and put out some kind of statement or do some sort of, I don't know, some sort of investor call, or which, which they will at some point this year. But they need. It needs to. They kind of need to pull a Kevin Feige and basically be like, "All right, I'm calling a I'm I'm calling a press meeting. Meet me over here at this time of this day. All right, guys, here we are. We're all together. Okay, this is what we're doing. I right. mean, they need to come out and do. They need to do that. Well, I guess that's. <laughs> I guess maybe that's. Well, I think maybe that would have all been clear at Comic Con had they not had had this issue with Ezra Miller not 
happened. I mean, I mentioned this in our Comic Con episode, which if you want to hear all our thoughts on Comic Con, you're uh, more you're more than welcome to. It's our Comic Con episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yes. there you go. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. But anyway. Yeah, so I mean, they they probably would have done that at Comic Con had this mess with Ezra Miller not happened. So I don't know. I just feel like we need some clarity. Kind of kind of how like Kevin Feige basically said, yeah, all will be clear at Comic Con where we're going with the MCU. We need that for DC. We need that to be presented to us uh, at some point because right now it's. I'm getting mixed signals. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing. I think there's got to be a correlation with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, though, because the moment he decided to be Black Adam and it finally started working and he started shooting for it and whatever, I remember seeing a ton of articles about mm. people saying that, oh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to helm the DC Universe, which to me, I was like, okay, Black Adam doesn't, is, he's not the main character of the DC Universe. Come on. But like, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has committed to doing this, so he doesn't want to see it fail because he's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's got to succeed. Not. He's got to kill it. Yeah, of course um, not. So I wouldn't be surprised if he he's kind of like, I'm not going to say he's Robert Downey Jr.ing it or Iron Manning it, but like his character hopefully will get enough attention so that he can have the power to start pushing more ideas himself because he's also a producer, you know? Um, so sure. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I, but I wonder though, Kevin, how much you might be inflating his potential. I'm totally inflating in it just a bit. <laughs> a ton. Know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dwayne the Rock Johnson has quite an influence in the industry and with his fans, and and, and you know, you know, he's got he's got the dude's got some influence. Yeah. But I think in this case, I don't know how much influence he has over. The, the 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 production production trajectory of the DC films going forward. I mean, I yeah, I I I don't know. I I I do think I do think you might be onto something with him trying to play this game to test the waters about Henry Cavill coming back. Mm. But I don't know how much further beyond that it goes. Like I don't think. I don't think Warner Brothers has got him like you know head you know running the all all the D, all the DC movies kind of like. As a as a showrunner, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. I, I don't know. I just he's uh, got this... something. He, I think, if anything, he he does. Whether or not he doesn't have control of like the whole company and the whole project or whatever it is, um, I'm I do know that he at least has influence now based on how much power his character will give the M, the, not the MCU, the DCEU. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that like he brings more attention, and if he brings more attention maybe he could have more of a say yeah. because clearly there's no person that's leading the dceu right now other right. than i mean at the moment him but as an artist so right. we got to see where yeah. it goes you know that's the thing i was just it everything to me seemed like it was pointing towards the dc films are doing a reset right the flash movie was supposed to kind of reset things we're getting new projects different projects um, the only two kind of holdouts of the old era of the DC movies were really just, um, what, Aquaman 2 and Wonder Woman 3. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you can't really say anything like Shazam. Sure, that all happened before bef the first Shazam came out before all this kind of seeming seemingly. All this stuff was going on. Sorry, I'm, there's there's a lot going on in my house right now, guys. No, you're good. My wife is my wife is about to put my twenty month, uh, year, twenty month old daughter to bed, and uh, you know that's that, that evening routine is 
doesn't always go as smoothly every night. But anyway, that, that's code word for uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson <clears throat> is actually hiding behind you right now with a gun, uh, yeah, yeah, making sure you say really ready. nice things about, as, <laughs> about as the DCU. <laughs> he's ready as soon as we're as soon as we're done here. He's he's gonna jump he's gonna... me. No, but, but it just everything was pointing towards a reset here, right? And yeah. it just seemed like that's where it was going. And then now I'm seeing news like this, and it sounds like. Are you resetting? Because now it seems like you're just doubling down mm. on on continuing with 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 Affleck, and you, it seems like you're doubling down on your commitment to the old, what I'm gonna call the old era, the 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 the, the first wave of the DCEU. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. That actually, I mean, th- that kind of that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Is you know, if you start a phase two of the DCEU, but now you start it in such a different way, and every character has a new art style to them or, you know, like a, a reimagining for the second right. phase. I wouldn't Ex- mind that. I actually would right. not mind that whatsoever. With, with DC, it would be different, though. Instead of instead of with Marvel's phase two being like, let's build off of phase one, phase two for DC is going to be more like, let's just forget about phase one. And <laughs> this is phase two, yeah, but it's really phase one. It's really yeah. another phase one. I wouldn't That's, mind that. I definitely wouldn't mind yeah. that. Get rid I mean, of Ezra I wouldn't Miller. either. It's, you know. I, honestly, like, uh, I think the moment you just replace Ezra Miller, you bring back all the original cast members of the Justice League, and then you right. just do another movie. You know, do another one. Get it going. Bring this Henry Cavill back, as we've been talking about. Um, yeah. Okay, so we talked about kind of the the behind-the-scenes implications of all this. Let's talk about, like, in the movie itself. Like, what kind of role could Batman play in an Aquaman 2? Like, what business does he have being there? Well, I guess you, you mentioned, you you theorized about, hey, let's let's do some justice again. Or, But, yeah, is that, like... Yeah, I, I think... Invisibly, I think... That, that's kind of the thing, right, is, like, again, it, it feels so last minute that they're just announcing this because I feel yeah. like they've been working on Aquaman for years, you know? They've been doing this for so right. long. Uh, also, then you got the Amber Heard situation with Johnny Depp, and, like, that's yeah. another whole thing, you know? I'm sure they're trying to kind of push back Aquaman, too, because they're like, how do we get people to not think about Amber Heard in this movie right now? Because she's literally the co-star of Aquaman t- in Aquaman well, 2. Good luck, because after Shazam! Fury of the Gods, they're going to have to start bringing some attention to Aquaman and the Flash. Yep, I mean, that's you know, true. Th- there's, they can't all, they can't ignore that elephant forever. Those yeah. elephants. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, oh, maybe that's what it is then. Okay, so, all right, end credits. You see Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Talks to Jason Momoa. He's like, hey, yo, Aquaman, we got to go do the justice, bro, boy. Those are words. Um, And then he kind of like, he tells him like, oh, hey, Black Adam is destroying the planet. If we don't do anything to stop him, then blah, blah, blah. That's the next Justice League movie. They need to stop Black Adam. And Black Mm. Adam, if you listen to the trailers of Black Adam, it Mm -hmm. does say that, hey, like I saw a vision uh, that you're either going to be the the hero of the the planet or you're going to be the destroyer of the world. And so maybe he chooses Destroyer of the World. And then, Could you know, be. Justice League Could now be. has to step in and try to stop him. But they're missing one ingredient, and that's Shazam. Boom. Shazam Mike joins the Justice League. There's the plan for a Justice League movie. Henry Cavill, all the original cast members, except for Alfred Mauer. And then that's it. <laughs> you know, they're done. Movie yeah. starts, phase two begins. Then we can start a new wave of new movies and actually get this freaking show on the road and get it going, you know? Yeah. So well, I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 we still know so little about the future of the DC movies. It's, 
it's hard to speculate on this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, Plus, we don't also, have a lot to we don't have a lot to chew on here. That's true. That's definitely it's it's not as clear as how Kevin Feige makes it with the MCU, where he just right. kind of straight up comes up to us and goes, "It's the multiverse saga." There yeah. you go, everybody. And look, guys, you know? I, I know you're probably listening to us and going, "Why you keep comparing it to Marvel? You keep comparing all the DC." You have to. You, you can't not. I mean, it's yeah. just it's so hard to. And you know, I we try to appreciate them independently, but you know, Marvel and DC, certain... Marvel and DC are like <clears throat> twin brothers. Like they're two brothers that have grown up together, and you can't not talk about both of yeah. them at the same time. Um, yeah, and one he, of them's the older, successful brother, and the other one's still kind of trying to find his feet. You know, maybe still lives with mom and dad, and you know, trying to have having a hard time holding down a job. And but if like, his dad root- would just give him a break, then you know, yeah, I- you're you're rooting for him, but you know. Uh, he's, he's he's gonna he's a late bloomer. He's a late bloomer. That's he's, the word. That is the word. Without offending him. Um. <laughs> and you you know you can't you if you know being being the uncles being the uncles and aunts and family members that we are we can't help but compare the you know your brother he was doing he's doing well you know I, I don't understand you well, you got to get up on your feet what are you doing Yeah well listen I'm looking forward to Ben Affleck whatever he ends up yeah. doing I'll be happy for him if he now suddenly decides hey. Here's another movie I'm doing that yeah. I'm gonna be like, great, just do how, as many Batman movies as you want yeah. until you're done, okay? We'll like, I, I will support you all the way. We can have a Robert Pattinson Batman and we can have a Ben Affleck Batman, okay? Yeah. Like, I'm okay with either or. We're, they're from different universes, anyways, sure. okay? So sure. let's I do that. I have no problem with that. I just, yeah, I'm just, I'd, I'd like things to be a little clearer. But yeah, no, me too. Like I said, they probably would have clarified it at Comic Con. You maybe, know, I, maybe some maybe sometime down the line, hopefully yeah. this year. Well, I, th- I think maybe after after uh, Black Adam and Shazam come out, I'm hoping that maybe the business, you know, the higher up, the businessmen in suits and ties are going to have a clear idea of where they want to go with these projects. Yeah. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's about what the, the fans react to. Right. So we'll yeah. see what they give us. Hopefully they're not trying to, like half-ass anything i don't think they are i think producers movie directors actors everybody that's involved in these projects they want to do an amazing job they want to they want us to love it they want to make money we want to give them our money you know so yeah it's it's just a matter of how do the fans react are we going to give them our money for this you know is it worth spending this money on this type of stuff and Mm -hmm. if it's not then guess what we'll just rethink a new strategy and move on right um now you know we got a lot of good momentum here right now. So yeah, normally, yeah. normally what we do is we do our movie of the month in the beginning of the episode. But I think I'll, maybe we should save it for the end so we can just get to the next topic right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. So you guys, we got our next topic of the day here. We oh also before anything else, for all you listeners, uh, we we have decided to choose the top ten news articles of the month right. from now on. So if there's some articles you don't hear. And maybe you, you're like, oh, gosh, darn it. I wish I could have heard about this part from these guys. Well, guess what? We got an Instagram account where we there tend to post a bunch of daily posts, uh, daily, weekly, you know, every now and then whenever the news announcements come up, we'll post about it on Instagram so that you can catch up on stuff that we might not talk about. Or maybe we'll have a, a, a things we didn't talk about segment or something. We'll make it super fast later another time. But sure, today... Yeah. Today we're trying this. Today. By the way, that Instagram is at Real Geek News. Just so, just so putting that out there. At Real Geek News, and yeah. if you find it, you can even find our separate G- uh, Instagram accounts. And if you want to stalk us, you can. But warnings: we're just as geeky as our own Instagrams. We're on our own Instagrams as the Real Geek News. Yeah, you're not yeah. gonna find much Instagram. different. 
Yeah, <laughs> run out of air here. Uh, Raul, yeah. what is our first main topic here today? All right, so our first main topic here is uh, going back all the way to the beginning of July here. <clears throat> a report coming out from Empire uh, talking about James Cameron James may Cameron? not direct all the may not direct all the Avatar sequels. Mm-hmm. You know and. Whatever your feelings are on James Cameron, whether you think it's good or bad, you know, I personally, I'm going to go ahead and give my opinion. <laughs> if he stayed on doing all the Avatar sequels, you know, fine. And if it turns out uh, he doesn't, well, well, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and read the let me go ahead and read the article here. What does it Speaking say? Speaking of Empire, this comes from Empire. Uh, Speaking of Empire, uh, Cameron opened up about his plans for the later movies in the series, including the possibility that he may appoint someone else to bring the saga to its conclusion. Cameron says, The Avatar films themselves are kind of all-consuming. I've got some other things I'm developing as well that are exciting. I think eventually over time, I don't know if that's after three or after four, I'll want to pass the baton to a director that I trust to take over so I can go and do some other stuff that I'm also interested in. Or maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) Mm. So that's the quote. That's uh, that's a quote from Cameron that comes to us from Empire. So, yeah, he says uh, potentially, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not after two, um, either after three or after four. Right. Uh, he might want to pass the baton on. Interesting. So um, to another director. So I don't know. Me personally, I don't care either way. I think maybe, I don't know, Cameron seems to be. Game, you know, we'll see once Avatar the the way of water, I believe. Yeah, we'll we'll see once Avatar two comes out, how that hits with people, you know. Um, but for for me, for now, it, maybe it might be nice to have a, a director with fresh eyes and a fresh vision, you know, step in and do uh, the other sequels. Um, but, I don't know yeah. why, but uh, I, for me, like whenever I hear something like this. Him saying, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe he just I... totally undercut it, his point. It kind of, it kind of makes me think of like you know, if if you have a school bully who's trying to hit you, and then you finally hit him back, and then they're like, well, whoa, what happened? And then the guy's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really mean to attack him. Like it, you know, it's like you kind of taking it back. Like, dude, you lose credibility when you say stuff like that. Like, come on, yeah. you gotta, you gotta kind of own up to it and just say you're gonna do this many, and that's it. You know. Yeah, um, but I don't know. He he's like in, I think he's in his sixties now or seventies. Right. Um, I think so, he's still figuring it out. It's it sounds like I mean obviously this this second Avatar took like what over 10, 12 years to develop. Twelve. Yeah. I mean this is he's been because the first one came out in twenty ten, so it's been twelve years since the first Crazy. Avatar. And uh, I don't know. I'm guessing he spent longer. I don't know. I'm well. I don't know. I wonder how. I thought that he had done five movies within these 12 years. Like, he'd just been filming everything, and now he just has to kind of, like, start editing it down to make is that it... What it... Is that what it is? I thought that that's what it was, Because I, I feel guess like maybe, maybe he's at this point where he's like, you know, it's been taking me a while to get these movies done. You know, maybe I might not end up... Uh, you know, I've, I've spent a significant amount of my time and my life developing these other sequels. You know, maybe I'll hand it off, you know, just because I've got all this other stuff I want to do, all these other baby projects. So I don't know. I, I, I just feel like he's kind of just le- throwing it away in a way. Cause you I, think he's, well, you I mean, think what, he's giving up? When, if you ask me, like, Kevin, do you like Avatar? The, my first reaction is it's Pocahontas in space. And then everybody goes, ha, 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 ha. And then I go, no, for real. Like, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not like, I don't know. When, I, when the movie first came out, I think back in 2009? 
Tw- um, 2009, yeah. 2009, 2009, I was in ninth grade. My God, I'm aging myself. And uh, I remember just thinking, like, this looks dumb. <laughs> and really? Like, like, okay, I have strong opinions, okay? But yeah. uh, I, I remember thinking about the fact that it's literally Pocahontas in space, and then everybody was like, but you're not in it for the story. You're in it for the for the VFX. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's cool, but, like, that if that's all we're looking forward to, then why is this movie that big of a deal? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, listen, no, no disrespect to the VFX artists. Trust me, we're about to lift you guys up by the end of this episode. <laughs> but um, like, I, I just think that it's, you know, I'd rather see a new story, you know. And I feel like now the way they're advertising this next movie is, oh, guys. Remember how the last time we were talking about all the VFX of everything? Now it's about water. And I'm like, okay, well. As, uh, well, as long as the story is different from Pocahontas in space, then I'll be okay. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it always left a bad taste in my mouth. And I always felt like most people that I've spoken to about this movie, nobody's really – nobody really remembers it at, as much, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe parents? My my parents were in love with it because they thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so as we grow up and they start hearing about these movies, like I remember I had my mom and one of, or my dad the other day ask me about like, hey, did you see the new Avatar thing? And I'm like, you you care about that? That's okay, <laughs> since, cool. Since like, when? Like, what the heck? That's awesome. Yeah. I, but I mean, that, that trailer, the Avatar 2 trailer, Got, got a lot of views. It, it really did. got a lot of views. Got a lot of interest in uh, a lot of people interested in Avatar again. Um, I, even I'm, me, I was like, oh, oh shit, that looks pretty good. I mean, we'll see, but it, I, it looks it looks gorgeous. I need to see Visual. trailer number two. I think that's what I need to see is yeah. trailer number two because yeah. trailer It'll number give us one a better sense of the plot. What was the thing that the, the the Jake Sully said in the first trailer there, where he's just like, our family is, is our fortress. Is our fortress. I was just like, well, yeah, that's what I, that's what my dad says all the time. Like, okay, like, <laughs> what's what what is so compelling about this other than whoa, look at the water, dude? You know? Yeah. Well, honestly, that first trailer, all it did for me at least, it was give me a sense visually of what this movie's gonna look like and kind of remind you again. I think I think the purpose was to kind of remind you again of how beautiful the world of Avatar is and kind of get your pique your interest a little bit. Like, oh, damn, like that. That is a beautiful world. Like that that avatar all this all the visuals that come with these movies, like just kind of reminding you, like, oh yeah, this this is a really cool environment that I'd like to visit again. Mm. I think the second trailer, whenever we get that, then will that will give us a better sense of what the plot is, what the threats are. Um, and we'll get a better idea of what what's gonna be happening here. So uh, If yeah. that's the case, if that's the case that I'm in, like I mean I'm not going to, like, man, it's, it's so hard for me to say I don't want to watch it because, like, there is a part of me that's like, ah, I don't want to waste my time watching this. Right. But if I'm compelled by the next trailer or something, then I'm probably going to watch it. You know, maybe maybe I'll I'll do something with you or, or some other friends yeah. and check it out. But I don't know. As long as the story is good. As it, long as the story is good. I've just always felt like Avatar has been so overhyped for reasons that were not really worth it, you know? And I... I, I I can't. I'm looking. I want to give him a chance because you know they always say never, never go, never bet against James Cameron. Right. I get that Titanic, Avatar, Terminator. You know all the movies he's done that the are box like box office numbers say it all. Yeah. You know? So can he? Do what it you again? will about the man and his movies. I mean, you can't deny the numbers. The the you know the I, high, the yeah yeah. The one thing though is, has he ever killed it in the box office with sequels? 
I mean, Terminator a- 2. Okay, Aliens, Terminator. Terminator 2. Okay, yeah. all right, okay, all right. You're right. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> well, I don't know about box office, but as far as critical acclaim, um, I'd have to look at the box office numbers for for Aliens and Terminator 2. I think Terminator 2 did pretty well at the box office, but I don't know about Aliens. But but for sure, I mean, they're, they're, they are deemed to be very successful films. Mm. So, yeah, he's got a good track record with sequels. Well, if anything... Just going back to what the the, the point of this article was, um, the the idea of him passing the baton to another director. The only thing I hope is that he doesn't pass it back to uh, the guy who worked on Spy Kids, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Because I know that they've got a very close relationship, and he tends to let him mm. do things. He Robert Rodriguez directed Alita Battle Angel, and I love right. Alita Battle Angel. Right. But Robert Rodriguez we talked about that in our in our last monthly episode. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and the what I've always said is that Robert Rodriguez is, is a hit or miss director. Like sometimes he just nails it, and then other times yeah. it's like okay, well you know we don't even need to talk about Boba Fett. Okay, so let's uh you know. But guys, what do you guys think? Please let us know. Send us an email at realgeeknews at gmail Raul, what is the next main topic we got here? All right, so the next main topic here, we got a first look at the Black Adam villain. Um, let's see, this uh, this comes to us from IGN. Some Im- it says some images have surfaced via Twitter. Um, user at ho- H-O-D-C-E-U, home of D-C-E-U, promoting the upcoming toy line for Black Adam. One of these figures appears to be that of Black Adam villain Sabak. Uh, and here's a quote from IGN. Sabak is essentially the polar opposite of Shazam, calling out the name Sabak, um, imbues him with the powers of Satan, Aim, Belial, Beelzebub, Asmodeus, and Critias. Cre- <laughs> I don't mean S- to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you're having a lot of trouble reading those words there. I know, I know. Words, words How the are heck hard. do you say Beelzebub? Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Well, these words do not come very naturally. S-A-B-B-A-C. Very good, very good. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> that, sounds, so, that man sounds terrifying, though. Holy yeah. crap. Well, I mean, okay, and then we got a link here to the to the tweet here by Home of DCEU, and it shows he us yeah, looks an like image. Satan. He looks like Satan. Yeah, so I'm guessing it's 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 uh, similar to Shazam. So he's imbued with the power. So maybe he looks. I, and I will admit, I don't know anything about this character. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the Black Adam uh, pantheon of characters. So this is uh, this this guy is is completely new to me. Um, he looks scary as hell, though. I will you know, say that. You know who's playing him, by the way, is the 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 guy who plays Jafar in the live action Aladdin. Did you know oh. that? Oh, is that true? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's honestly the only thing I know him from. But other than that, I'm like, well, you know, know that. he did a good job in that movie. So I'm, I'm sure he's going to be fine as a villain again in this one. But he's got to stack up to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, so. yeah man, yeah. Wow. It's, which is really interesting because we just had Comic-Con and they gave us uh, they gave us the trailer for for the second trailer for Black Adam. This guy doesn't show up at all in this trailer as far as I know. And this news, this news is, you know, this goes back to earlier in the month. So this news comes out uh, before we got our Comic-Con trailer. I think that was based on the toys, right? Yeah, so they are promoting the upcoming toy line. So is this official? 
I mean, I would assume so. It's very similar to when they had the Avengers Endgame toy line show up without, you know, the big announcements. So we knew about Professor Hulk before we actually got to see him in the movie because we saw the toys. So um, if this if this is official, if this is something that Warner Brothers wanted out there, and, I mean, the tweet hasn't been taken down, you know, so it's I, I assume... This is something. This isn't. This wasn't leaked. This is something that you know Warner Brothers is okay with that having out there. So because of that, I do find it interesting that this came out, and then uh, the trailer comes out. We don't get any glimpse of this guy. So yeah, yeah I'm wondering how he plays into the into the film. As, do you as do you think as... that the reason why they haven't shown us the villain yet is because they want us to keep thinking it's Superman for some reason? Because well, see, that's uh, like I said. This uh, this seems a fish. You know, this doesn't, uh, Warner Brothers is okay with having this out there. Yeah. So, well, what's also interesting is I, again, like, just like you, I've never heard of this guy either. So I, I did some yeah. Googling and tried to look him up and I guess he is a real character, but in my mind, all yeah. I could think was, isn't this basically what Shazam is supposed to be? Like, I'm sorry, Black Adam is supposed to be like Black Adam is supposed to be the, the opposite of Shazam and be right. this evil That's true. thing. That's He's, true. If, He's supposed to say Shazam and then gain his powers. So the fact that he got his powers the way he did, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting. Yeah, it is kind of a contradiction. I think I think what IGN is, says it means in that quote is that it's yes, Black Adam is kind of the antithesis of Shazam. But I think that when they said this in the quote, I think what they mean was specifically about the part that he has to call out Sabak to to gain these powers. Sabak. So I don't know if they, you know, if if that's. I think they just meant antithesis of Shazam, uh, specifically that part, having call, having to call out Sabak to get these powers. So well, it's even similar with the whole, you know, the his name means uh, those names of you know. Satan, Aim, Bella. Right, Beelzebub. exactly. It's it's just yeah. like Shazam. Um, and I I was looking up today, uh, the origin story of Black Adam because I that 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 whole part in my head of like, wait, aren't they? The, aren't, isn't he supposed to be the, the guy that does that? And yes, apparently, uh, Black Adam is supposed to be also given powers by Shazam originally in the comics. Yeah. Um, back, I guess they changed the origin story for Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Black Adam. I was Adam say, I wonder. Yeah. In in the original like comics, it. what's supposed to happen, like in the in the comics, as I push up my glasses, um, he's supposed <laughs> to have met Shazam, or you know the the guy who gives him the powers of Shazam, um, before you know he uh, before he wakes up in this current timeline, you know, yeah. um, in Egypt he he's like treated as a slave, and then you know Shazam gives him powers, and he suddenly starts helping all of Egypt and whatever until eventually he grows mad with power. And even tries to overthrow the the pharaoh at the time, right? Um, and that's when Shazam had to step in and say, like, "Boom! No, you can't do that. Like, we need to put you down for a while." And then he fell asleep, wakes up again in the new timeline. Uh, he didn't have a kid apparently in the original comic book. Okay, so that's new. That's new in the movie. It's very much a Dwayne the Rock Johnson needs to look like he's likable, and we need to feel right. for him kind of thing. And it's like, well. That's that's things where it's like I'm willing to uh, be okay with it, you know, because listen, the DCEU is already going in a direction where we're not sure where it's going yet. So if you want right. to just take the helm and go, Dwayne, just do what you got to do for your character, and we'll see what happens. But um, I would have preferred that he had gotten his Shazam powers before he had, you know, died. You know, maybe his son died because of him and his powers, and then that's what made him pass out you know whatever wake up in the next timeline sure um, yeah 
But it's it's very interesting that this villain is pretty much going through the same type of lifestyle as Black Adam from the comics. In a way, I don't know what his full background story is just yet, but I'm sure we'll find out. Definitely he's been talking with Satan. Uh, surprise, Ghost, Ghost Rider hasn't shown up, you know, but that's that's Marvel. Uh, excuse me, that's the wrong universe? <laughs> excuse me, sir. One triple deluxe Krabby Patty. Um, yeah, but I, I think I think it's interesting. I think it's a it's a really cool direction to see a villain that could try to be tougher than Black Adam. That's gonna be cool. But also, one last thing I'll say uh, is that the fact that he's Satan, basically, um, it means a couple of things here. It means that there's a couple of countries that won't accept this movie. Did you know, for right. example, that China doesn't like anything that has to do with Satan? Right. So, they they don't they don't they don't do demons there. They don't fuck with demons. Oh, I keep doing it. I'm sorry, Kevin. Always, I'm the. Ah. It's funny. We for this we off the air. We've kind of talked like, oh, how do we feel about f bombs? We're like, you know, we try not to. We try to stay, you know, as family friendly as as we can. But you know, we'll do like a PG-13 movie. We're allowed one accidental f bomb per episode. And of course. Any time, every accidental f bomb, it's always me. I'm. It's always, it's always me. I'm so sorry. I'm very PG thirteen. I, I don't know. I, Kev, Kevin is pretty good about being PG thirteen. You are I'm gonna not. owe a fortune to the swear jar. And, uh, and between sure. the two of us, I'm the one with the kids. So if anything, I need to be careful. Yeah, yeah, uh, man. Holy <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> no, anyway, we should make <laughs> we should make a bet later uh, afterwards. Every time yeah. you say it, you owe me something. We'll come up with something later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll tell you guys as well, you the listeners. <laughs> Next time, we'll see. Um, Next time. Well, any last thoughts on on this toy before we move on to the next topic? Then, no, I'm just hoping the next time because Shaz- Shazam, uh, Black Adam is coming out in October, so we got about three months before right to October 21st. So there's about three months before this uh, movie comes out. So I'm guessing the next uh, the next trailer or next look at this movie that we see. Um, I'm hoping we'll probably see a glimpse of this guy, a little bit more of this guy, and what what uh, what his motives are all about, and how he plays into the overall plot. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, and again, he's not. They're not going to be playing it at China, that's for sure. So we'll we'll see what, what they do with right. that. Yeah. Which kind of well, makes me a little nervous. I know this kind of changes the topic to Marvel, but like, uh, if they do Mephisto in Marvel, then I'm sure China's going to be like, no, yeah. we're good then. No thanks. And we live in a Hollywood industry where everything's about making money, and eh, how does that affect the way that movies work? But you know what? Hey, if we want to put the devil in these <laughs> movies, then we should put the devil in these movies. China, don't kill me. All right, here we go. <laughs> What's our next topic here today, Raul? All right, next topic. Here we go. Captain America 4. Now, as we know, after having come out of Comic-Con, it's uh, Captain America 4 New World Order. Guess what? Uh, it was already announced before Comic-Con, but I'm good. we're going to talk about it anyway. Captain America 4, director... Uh, the director is... <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Let me just say, for all you listeners, Raul wrote all of these topics so far. Yeah. He's the one going, what am I reading here? Listen, listen man. <laughs> listen, man. It's been it's a long, been a long week. week. Let, me just, let me just prime you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm very exhausted right now. It's been a long week. It's been a kind of a crazy week. So if my energy level is a little bit less than what it usually is, I apologize. But that's, that's what it is. That's what going on so yeah i'm just my brain is like i'm on brain dead today all right so raul has okay. been traveling has kids has a ton of work he's been got, doing got, got, been... i've got ant problems going on in my ant apartment problems, man. yeah i've got 
male I'm that's missing. I'm trying to track down. It's been a whole ordeal. I've been on the phone with oh. a bunch of people I'd rather not be on the phone with. Man, what if but, what if it was Ezra Miller that stole all your uh, papers, all your mail, dude? I mean, <laughs> really? He's he's the Flash. You couldn't even see him coming, you know. He's going around stealing everybody's mail. He's a serial mail stealer. I'm sure if we call Ant Man, he'll he'll oh. solve all the ant problems, you know. But <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> do you do you want me to read this this next topic? Because it, maybe, maybe it'll make it <laughs> no, a little yeah, easier yeah. on you. I'm gonna pass <laughs> the baton to Kevin. Passing the baton. There you go. <laughs> So we got the next topic here is Captain America 4 lands a director. So Nigerian-American filmmaker Julius Ona, perhaps best known for helming the 2018 thriller The Cloverfield Paradox, will direct the fourth installment of the Captain America film franchise for Marvel Studios. He was hired by J.J. Abrams to direct The Cloverfield Paradox. While that movie ended up being a flop, Ona gained strong notices for his return to his roots rebound. The 2019 indie drama Luca, Luca? Luce? Luce. Luke, I am your father. With, J- with Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, Kevin Harrison Jr., and Octavia Spencer, it garnered three Indie Spirit Award nominations, including Best Director. I will be completely honest with you. I don't know a thing about this director. <laughs> I don't either. I've never seen Cloverfield Paradox, but apparently his, this other movie, Loose, um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it seemed to have been uh, very well received. So, uh, you know... I, I think uh, maybe that's probably why uh, he was eyed to direct this film uh, mm. because of how well that movie did. I don't think I don't think Clover Pe- Cloverfield Paradox played any role in helping him get get the directing job for Captain America Four. I think it was more the the other movie, Loose. Yeah, I mean, also uh, I'm pretty sure this is an accurate information, but just in case, don't quote me on this. Um, the Cloverfield Paradox supposedly wasn't originally supposed to be a Cloverfield movie. When uh, right, neither was the second one. I don't think. Yeah. So when he made this movie, and then I guess J.J. Abrams was like, "Oh, here, let's put a stamp on it and just call it the Cloverfield <laughs> uh, Paradox." That's mine. It's like that's okay, but then it, I think that comes with consequences. Where it's like you put this stamp on it, and it's already got a fan base. And if your movie wasn't really aiming towards that idea, then now the fans are going to be like, "What is this? What's yeah, going on?" Yeah, exactly. I was a big fan of the first Cloverfield movie, and uh, when I first even, heard about the sequels, I was like, yeah. uh, I'm a little let down. Cause I well, I will say, even 10 Cloverfield Lane, I, I really enjoyed. I didn't like it as much as the first Cloverfield, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one, too. I did not see the Cloverfield Paradox at all, because I just never got around to it, A. And B, I started hearing bad stuff about it. I heard it wasn't very good, and so I was just like, eh, maybe, maybe another time, maybe yeah. later, maybe never, I don't know. But, you know, I, I do wonder, I mean, it's called Captain America, uh, 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 what was it again? <laughs> what was the name of the New title? New World Order. New Kevin. World Order, yes. Come on, we just were fresh out of Comic-Con, man. I was like, man, you know, I got ants and I got, like, a kid and stuff, you know, I'm just really stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. No, but New World Order, uh, I, I'm curious about the title just because uh, that I don't know if that's an actual comic or not. Um, I'm very curious about it, and I'm wondering if it means Captain America or our current Captain America is going to try to, you know, find his footing on being the leader of the Avengers in this movie, or if he's dealing with different government issues. Um, either way, I know that every Captain America movie since Winter Soldier has always had a conversation about government and politics, and they've never been afraid to like really go up against it and challenge it. Heck, even with uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or I'm sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
but then turns into Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You know what I mean? Um, That's right. Like That's right. That, that series itself talked about politics and tried to punch it in the face and say, hey, I'm not afraid to talk about this. So I can only imagine what they're going to be talking about. And I feel like based on who the director is, I'm sure they've, you know, they must have an idea. They must have a plan and a direction of where they want to go with it. Well, as far as New World Order, where we've seen that before, New World Order was actually the the title of the first episode of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Ooh. I guess that's playing. I don't know. I'm trying to think back all the way back to the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But, you know, that whatever the subject matter of that episode was, maybe something from obviously threads from Cap, uh, from Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be picked up uh, with Captain America 4. But also, New World Order is um, is the name of, a, of, of a, an organization in the Marvel comics. Um, here, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm pulling up on, on Wikipedia, or the, the fandom, the Marvel fandom here. New World Order was an organization that was founded by the Red Skull in a yet another plot to take over the entire world. The organization Whoa. structure and this agency is mostly unknown, although it appears to be founded by supervillains for the most part. So this seems like maybe kind of, I don't know, as, from from what I'm gathering here, New World Order is uh, kind of like a, a, a Hydra. You know, I was gonna uh, say, yeah, it's like, like another the, Hydra. Yeah, like the fir- the, which oh, I'm just now making this comparison. It is the first order to Hydra's empire. If that makes ah, sense. comparison to stuff. Yeah. No, but yeah, it, that's what it seems like. It's like the, the Empire Part Two. This is uh, Hydra Part Two. Um, so as far as you know, we'll see if they adapt that. Uh, you know, literally in in the films, they might make New World Order just a different kind of organization. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I, it's actually kind of interesting. I mean, even the idea of how does this current, how does this new Captain America deal with Hydra in a yeah. way? Like you, we've seen the way Steve Rogers deals with them, but now we got a, we got a new guy who isn't a super soldier anymore. He has giant flying eagle wings right. and, a, and a shield that stands for peace. You know, I mean, the guy's gonna have a completely different journey than Steve Rogers. So I I can only imagine how he's gonna handle this stuff. Um, right. I'm I'm sure he's I'm hoping they get the Winter Soldier in there too. Which oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure maybe, they'll get Bucky back. Fingers crossed. Bucky ends up becoming the White Wolf in this movie. You know? Didn't he become the White Wolf kind of sorta in Infinity War? He called himself. He was called the White Wolf by the Wakandans, but like he yeah. never really like presented himself. Truly as took the White on wolf. the mantle. Yeah, because yeah, I think there's a whole costume piece to it too, where he gets mm. like a whole like wolf helmet kind of thing with a white cape and like mm. a whole white armored suit from Wakandan steel. Like you know, it's that's so cool. Vibranium. That's what I should have said. Not steel. Ah, oh, come on, Kevin, <laughs> nerd. Um. But no, like that, I, I think that'd be really cool to look forward to where, where we see characters continuing to grow and especially Sam because Sam yeah. needs to continue to gain more of this respect is what I feel. Um, yeah. We've only just started to see him as Captain America. So how can we continue to solidify that this is our right. guy? This is our Captain America. The right. first season of uh, you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier convinced me that this guy is worth being Captain America. Like he deserves right. it. He's and done think, everything he's needed to do. Yeah, and I think New World Order will be a continuation of that plot point of like, okay, he's officially now, uh, he's accepted the mantle of Captain America. Now he's he's got to prove himself, right? Mm. Um, I well, or or continuing that thread of you know, of him like accepting the role and you know trying to find his place uh, as the new Captain America. Um, I'm doubtful though because you know this is a New World Order was founded by Red Skull in the comics. I doubt 
Red Skull. Well, are, I don't know. Do you think we're completely done with Red Skull now? Do you well, think he is there was, a chance he may show up again? I'm well, listen, not sure. he, he was in Vormir in Endgame right. Right, and Infinity War. And the reason he was there was to take care of the Soul Stone, right? right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that now that the Soul Stone is done, he no longer has to be the protector of the Soul Stone. Well, the so, Soul Stone does need protecting. It still does need to be protected. But it's gone. Like, there is no Soul Stone. Like, it's destroyed. So, like, how... What is, oh, that's right. There what does no the Red Skull stone. need to do now? Like, do, mm. does his powers just... Like, his, his ghost-like abilities to kind of disappear and he gets right. sent well, back to still, Earth? Or? Is he still in a more... Is he still, like, this immortal being now? Or will he, at some point... I don't know, revert back to uh, to his human form, his superhuman yeah. form? Because that, that's the thing, right? In Infinity War, he even told uh, Thanos and Gamora that, like, he's just a shell of what he used to be. Right. So is that permanent? Like, are you, are you telling us that he's going to come back or not? My guess is that he's not going to come back. Right, I, that's I, mine too. He's, he's like, uh, he's... he's he's ascended into a, a higher form of being. He doesn't, he doesn't care about all this stuff anymore. World domination. I mean, as far as I can tell, he's, he's living on a different plane of existence now. Like none yeah. of this other stuff matters. Taking over the world, you know, screw the world. He's got the universe. Uh, you know, he's got, or, or at least Vormir, uh, that he's, he's domaining over. So I don't know. Uh, I'm doubtful. We'll see red skull again. Um, this might be, you know, they might ch- change it for the movies, this organization. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see Zemo play a role in New World Order and how... Oh, yeah. How the, okay, Captain America, New World Order, May 3rd, 2024. Um, and then... Anyway, what, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have any speculations I, I think, about how this might I think either Zemo... Zemo would either show up in Captain America 4 or he's going to show up at the end of it and then be in Thunderbolts. Um, Because he is a villain and Thunderbolts is kind of like the baddest of the baddest Avengers. Um, Would you count that as real Avengers, though? I don't know if they'd be real Avengers. They're Thunderbolts. They're their own... They're their separate thing. They're a whole separate... So, okay. So, May 3rd... Oh, here we go. So... Uh, actually, New World Order comes out right before Thunderbolts, which is really interesting. So, New World Order comes out May 3rd, 2024. Thunderbolts, July 25th, 26th, 2024. It's hard to read it. Dang. Um, July 25th, 2024. So, I wonder if... Um, if if Zemo is one of the is going to be a member of the Thunderbolts here, I wonder if there's going to be some kind of connective tissue between Captain America four and Thunderbolts at all. Especially, I mean, you've got uh, uh, John Walker, you've got uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. agent there in the Th- Thunderbolts as well. So I'm sure there's going to be some some thread pickups between yeah, the two. They I might think be so some. Too. They might be a com- companion pieces. Yeah, it, out of all those all those new movies that are coming out, that one definitely has the a good strong silver lining through them both um the whole hydra idea sounds like a good idea uh out of the empire's ashes comes the first order but uh you know speaking of star wars Ooh. we actually got our next topic here look at you we you gotta you and your segues gotta get back into these segues of mine huh you know <laughs> we got star wars Andor will jump a year every three episodes Mm. In the new uh, article by Entertainment Weekly, we got showrunner Tony Gilroy told Empire that the, the upcoming series centered on Diego Luna's rebel captain Cassian Andor will span five years, with the first year unfolding across the 12-episode first season, which is set to premiere on Disney Plus on August 31st. The confirmed second season, also comprised of 12 episodes, will encompass the remaining four years. 
Very interesting. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I, I think if you, if all you listeners, if you'd been listening in the, in the beginning of our podcasts, um, I was talking a lot about how I'm not really interested in this show. Like, I'm not, it hasn't piqued my interest. Not even the trailer's gotten my attention that much. But then I read this article about this time skip stuff, and uh, that really did pique my interest because I, I think that that's actually yeah. kind of interesting. You get to do three blocks, three episodes is one year. Or I'm sorry, it's 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 just some um, right. It's, it's just one year. Hold on a second. Let me double check here. The so again, it says span five years of the first year unfolding across twelve episodes, first season. Right. So the first year is the twelve episodes. So we skip a couple of months every three episodes. That's pretty awesome. And then you get to twelve episode, excuse me, season two. Then you do a ton of time skips with different years per episode. Um, I think that's really right. interesting because you get to watch Diego Luna act baby like that's yeah. gonna be seeing this character age w- between just a year I, yeah. how much could this guy change in a year but i'm pretty sure he's gonna change a ton because he's in the middle of war you know i mean yeah this is the beginnings of his uh, supposedly this is the beginnings of his joining the rebellion and uh supposedly it will end this the whole series will end with uh, picking right up uh, right before Rogue One. So there's a lot of ground to cover. You know, he's, by the time we meet him in Rogue One, he's very experienced and he's very, you can tell he's weathered down from having been in the Rebellion for so long. You know, he even says he's done things that he's not proud of, you know, mm. some really dark things. Um, so he's kind of, he's been through the ringer and we're going to get, we're going to get all caught up on that, you know, in between these two seasons, especially this first season, which, yeah, like you said, 12 episodes establishing that first year uh, of, I, I guess, of him being recruited into the rebellion. Um, so doing a lot of uh, a lot of setup there. Right. We get a lot of time within that first year to do do a lot of setup. And then, yeah, like season two, uh, every three episodes uh, will encompass a year. Right, so then the twelve episodes encompassing remaining for you. You know what's really cool about this is also the fact that this show's coming out right after Obi Wan, and the Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi show is chronologically before this series. Right. So right. essentially, what I'm gonna do, I don't know about you, Raul, but I'm probably gonna watch the the two and a half hour edited version of Obi Wan. Yeah, I'm watch curious that movie. To see that. Yeah, and then just hop right into Andor. I think this will be really fun. I, be, I man, very I, different tones. It looks like. I mean, it, it's crazy to me how much of, of one little thing can change my point of view on or my urge to want to watch something. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's nice to see an article like this, and they're actually filling us in on a little yeah. bit of this because I don't know how they would have been able to explain this in the trailers. You know, mm. time skip just in the middle of the trailer. Like, how are they right. going to do that? There's no way. Um, so I, it's I, good. It's good. I mean, yeah, it's really cool because, well, I, I, I've, I've said it before that I've been excited about this since we saw the first trailer. I'm really mm-hmm. excited for Andor. I loved the vibe and the tone of Rogue One. It was just super like gritty, boots on the ground type thing, and and that's one of the things I loved about it, mm-hmm. the real world feeling of it, right? Yeah. And uh, this looks like it's going to continue that same tone. You know, it's going to have this same grittiness to it, really showing the Empire as a threat, too, because I've never truly gotten that uh, from the Star Wars movies. Uh, So, you know, really showing people just like scared to death of the Empire and that how that affects how that affects the citizens, the normal citizens of the the universe. uh, Yeah, no, I think the oppression of the Empire and. 
Yeah. If anything, I'm really excited about the point that, uh, you know, this show needs to go hard. It's going to have to go harder and harder because when you look at Obi-Wan Kenobi, they definitely tried to, you know, dumb it down a little bit when it came to the violence and get rid of that. They had to rewrite scripts because of that. So if that's the case, maybe it's because they're trying to balance out the fact that the next show is going to be that same way. Um, So I'm hoping Andor gives us that. Um, And I think, again, the, the time skip stuff per episode is a really good hook. That finally, I, I guess that's just the thing I needed to hear before to you know before I decided that this is gonna work for me. Yeah, dude, I'm 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 so I'm so stoked. We'll see we'll see how this goes. I'm glad you're stoked about it now too. Yeah, for real. I can't wait to now geek out about it. It's gonna be great. But uh, anyways, moving on to our next topic, you guys, we got Nintendo acquires animation studio for Nintendo films. This comes to us from Collider. Nintendo plans to acquire CG animated studio Dynamo Pictures with the intention to adapt more of its gaming media. Dynamo Pictures has helped create a variety of high-quality productions, including Studio Ghibli's Earwig and the Witch, Near Replicant, and more. Nintendo's acquisition of the studio is expected to go through later this year. So it's not officially done just yet, but they're pretty much almost there. They're about yeah. to purchase this studio, and they're about to make some Nintendo movies. And I'm I'm wondering, Raul, if mm. the reason why they decided to do this was because they saw what their Super Mario Bros. movie might have looked like with Illumination, and they were like, okay, maybe we want more <laughs> control over these movies and want to do our own thing now. Mm. And Interesting. also, there's also the point of, um, we're influenced by PlayStation because they just opened up their own studio to do movies. So that's pretty cool looking at how the video game industry is starting to turn in those directions and say, fine, we'll do it ourselves, you know? Very Thanos of them. But Raul, what, what do you think of that? Like, what, what are some speculations yeah. you might have as to why they decided to do this? So that's interesting. So you said you think that they're doing this because they may have are they may be seeing how the Super Mario movie is developing with Illumination and maybe not liking what they're seeing? That's that's what that's what yeah, you're speculating. Uh, maybe? It's a speculation. See, yeah, I was thinking it for the opposite reason. Like, oh, maybe they maybe they're seeing how this movie's developing and they really like where it's going and they're like, you know what? Let's really go all in on our on our animated on our animated films. Let's get into this realm. And in fact, let's op- let's make our own studio. So it's interesting. We both we both think the same things, but for the for different reasons. Very glass so, half full, glass half empty kind of thing right now is what I'm feeling. Which is weird because I'm usually a glass half empty kind of <laughs> Yeah, we kind of switched today on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason right now, I'm seeing it the other way. But I totally, I, that's the thing. It's a coin toss, right? We haven't seen anything about this movie. So far, all the news we've gotten about this movie, not everybody's been crazy about, specifically with the casting. Right. Um, so it just remains to be seen really until we see like a first trailer, uh, how, how we feel about this movie. If we think, you know, right, right now it seems like a lot of people don't think there's any reason for this movie to be made. Um, but we'll see. So it's hard to kind of gauge. It could be either, it could be either, or it could be either they're, they're digging what they're seeing or they're like you said, like, Oh man, I don't, we don't really like this. Let's try and have more control. Well, you know, I I, I think both, both opinions are both points of view. I think have cool ideas that go past just those opinions. Uh, I think Mm. like, you know, let's, let's say Nintendo was like, we were going to do it ourselves. Eh, We don't like that. I think that's, a really cool way to look at their own work because now they're in control yeah. of their movies 
right. they can make everything the way that it's intended to be. Whereas when you look at Hollywood directors and Hollywood animators, like, I don't know, like, there, there's American producers that kind of step in and they assume they know what the video game movie needs. Whereas, like, you know how we've always talked about how, like, video game movies almost never work because of many right. various reasons, one of which is that we don't know the lore enough, the director hasn't done enough research on the game, or the fact that the, these games are so long and we spend a lot of time with these characters. Right. How do you take your projects and make television series from, from maybe Kirby or, you know, Donkey Kong or yeah. Yoshi, Super Mario Bros.? I, I do think we're getting out of that, you know, the video game movie curse. I think we're moving out of it. I, we still haven't seen a video game adaptation that's really knocked it out of the park mm. but we're kind of heading there with the success of like uh sonic you know the sonic films and yeah. you know say what you want about the new Detective mortal kombat Pikachu. yeah mortal yeah, kombat well say what you want about the new mortal kombat i enjoyed it personally but uh th that movie did very well on streaming and in theaters and so much so that just the other day unfortunately it's not a topic we're going to talk about but just the other day it was announced that they've greenlit a sequel to mortal kombat um hell yeah so, yeah, yeah. With the same director, same guys coming With back. With the same, yeah, same director as the first one, which I'm pretty excited about. I, I think it's not more the the first Mortal Kombat is not great, but I think it has potential. I you think know, you know what sequel, it was. It could get better. Yeah. The thing about that first movie was that they nailed the the main heart of what Mortal Kombat is, which is gore and violence. And so right. they they started getting that, and I I think right. you're right. Like we're getting closer and closer to what it is that makes these these franchises amazing yeah. um, and putting it in front of Hollywood cameras. So I think Nintendo's going to have a great time working on that, specifically with their CG animation. Right. I'm sure they're learning a ton just watching Illumination Studios do their work, and I'm sure they've learned just watching Detective Pikachu and other stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's 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 only a matter of time before they started doing this. And hopefully they can put the right people in place too, right? The right people mm -hmm. to kind of run run Nintendo Studios who can kind of guide it to, su to success, you know, kind of like a Kevin Feige or something like that. There is part of this story that sounds like a lot of uh, putting all your eggs in one basket kind of thing because we mm -hmm. have yet to see how this Super Mario animated movie is going to do. We don't even know... Um, you know, the, the initial thoughts from the general public about it because we haven't seen a trailer yet. So right. until we get an idea of like, is this movie, does it look like it's going to be good? What? It's hard to say like whether they're kind of jumping the gun or not and going all in on, you know, the animated front and make, creating their own studio. I will say that after creating their studio and getting all this up and running, you got to think that one of the movies they have to get out there is The Legend of Zelda. Right. I mean, oh, it's got to yes. be that's got to be one of their top priorities. Right. Yeah. I, I can't believe I didn't even think of that. Legend of Zelda. You could get a I Metroid mean, movie all, going. Of all the all the Nintendo properties uh, to think about, you know, making an animated film for. Yeah, of course, you know, Mario, that's that's that's, you know, obvious. But the second one right there that everybody, you know, everybody would love to see is Legend of Zelda. Right. I yeah. mean, it's weird. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people would have thought that, like, hey, you should make. Uh, a, a live action Zelda film and trust me there's been a lot of fan films on YouTube if you guys look oh, them yeah. up there's but, a lot you know I, I've always thought that the best way to tell a Zelda story is an animated version and here these guys are getting a cool. CG studio yeah. man if I saw it, even if it 
I don't. I, it doesn't have to be a TV series to me. I think I, I'd love it if it could be like three movies. Maybe you tell sure. retell the story of Ocarina of Time and then tell it in three films. That way, mm. it has you know we have the we have our New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi kind of go. way of doing it. Um, I think that'd be fantastic. That that's a really yeah. great direction. Good ideas coming from Nintendo. Plus, also I want to note one more thing was the fact that. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of Super Smash Brothers, Raul. Oh yeah, I love Super Smash. I haven't played a lot of the new games, but I love the. Well, love one of the Smash one games. of the best things about Super Smash Brothers is their cutscenes. They have a mm. lot of CG cutscenes that they have di- their director of the game and you know creative directors work on. And just based on those alone, I already know that Nintendo knows what they're doing with their own IPs. Yeah. Um, that and also the fact that there's there's even been short films that Nintendo has worked on for their game systems. Whenever the Nintendo 3DS came out, they were starting to drop little short films for Pikmin, which was a really popular video game IP for Nintendo. Still is. Mm. People are still rooting for Pikmin 4. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they came out with these short films, and they came out really great. Um Again, it's it's just further proof that these guys have the skills and the talent to make that stuff happen, make this make good storytelling. Now they just gotta play their cards right, buy the right studio, and start working. You know, hopefully they're like like we were saying. Hopefully they're doing this because they have confidence in for the good reasons. Yes, for the we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> hopefully they're doing this for the good reason. For the for glass the half reasons, full, so. glass half full. Yes, yes. I'm I'm willing to look at it in a glass half full kind of. Way, if so. anything, if that if that is the reason or that is their approach, then I would be even more excited just because that means there's love and joy in what they're doing rather than oh, I'll show them, you know. Right, right. Yeah, we wanna we wanna make our own studio too. PlayStation's doing it, Marvel's doing it, let's just let's jump on the bandwagon. And you know, if you even look at Xbox, Xbox is making has already made the Halo series that's, that's come right. out live action. They're getting, in, they're getting in on it too, yeah. I don't know if Xbox has their own studio per se, but no. you know, you could tell that this is where the video game industry is starting to go towards because they need to start opening up ways to get people to come back to the video games. Right. Um, especially right. with these like really like long lasting IPs like Super Mario and Zelda and stuff like that. Um I'm sure it'll be infamous once the new Super Mario movie comes out. Hopefully we'll we'll eat our own words and know and see we'll the Mario see. Bros movie is really good. I'm still not <laughs> confident about that, but we'll see. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> That's a little Patrick sound effect, guys. New sound effects, baby. All right, well we got our next topic here. Uh, we got Shang Chi director to helm Avengers Kang Dynasty. What is up, man? This is gonna be awesome. Coming from Hollywood Reporter. Destin Daniel Cretton, who helmed last year's Marvel hit Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, has come aboard to direct Avengers The Kang Dynasty. They go on to say, It is unclear who is writing the Kang Dynasty Avengers movie or what heroes would even make up the team's roster for a story that helps close out Phase 6. I think this is phenomenal because, first of all, Shang-Chi, in my opinion, is the best movie of all the Avengers, or all the MCU films of Phase 4. Yeah. Um, definitely by far best storytelling, best action sequences. So I can only imagine what this guy's going to do with this next movie. It's oh, going to yeah. be so complicated, too, because there's so many Avengers. That's another thing that comes up in this in this little article here by Hollywood Reporter, saying that the we, we don't know what's going to be the team roster yet. Right. Which brings up it's my so point. It's so far off, yeah. It brings up my point from our San Diego Comic-Con episode, which was what are they doing with the two Avengers movies, is it right. a two-parter or is it a one thing, one hit thing? 
Yeah. You know, what do you think about that, Raul? I think it's interesting that they announced him, which, first of all, I, I'll give my brief thoughts, too. I love Shang-Chi, and yeah. I think uh, Shang-Chi. I love Shang-Chi, and I think uh, Destin Daniel Cretton did a phenomenal job with that movie. And there's just, uh, that's that's one of the ones that come out on top for me so far in Phase 4. That one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, yeah, those two, those two really uh, have knocked it out of the park for me as far as Phase 4 is concerned. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a great choice. I... But like you're saying, I do wonder because let's see this this movie. Yeah, they announced him for this movie, but I find it interesting that they didn't announce him to do both this and Secret Wars. So like it's it's it is making me wonder how connected to Secret Wars is it actually? Yeah. Um, I mean, very very well. I mean, there's there's no reason you can't have you know him helming this and then another director helming Secret Wars and still having connective tissue. But it is interesting that that uh, you know last time around we had the Russo brothers directing both Infinity War and Endgame. Um, so yeah, is this a two parter in that sense, like those like Infinity War and Endgame, or is this going to be more kind of uh, standalone stories? I think um, what's cool is, like, so far they've only said that he's the director of this one Avengers movie. Right. They're literally five months apart, I think. It's crazy. So if they decide to get a new director, what that what that would tell me is maybe there's a chance that this this really is going to be a completely cut-off separate story from Secret Wars, which, right. you know, when you read the comics, it definitely is. I mean, Secret Wars was written originally in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, whereas... Uh, Kang the this Kang Dynasty series came out in two thousand one, so it's you know you, we're gonna we're gonna see how the MCU decides to play okay. with the storytelling. That, that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, and, and th- we do have a few. We do have a couple projects. If you look at that Phase Six slate that Kevin Feige revealed at Comic Con, you know there's uh, Fantastic Four, Avengers Kang Dynasty, and Avengers Secret Wars, and then there's a whole bunch of. Um, unknown dates that are that are listed there on the timeline so Mm. you look at avengers secret wars avengers kang dynasty and secret wars there are two projects in between those two films that will be taking place um yeah both in the summer of 2025 um so they're going to be two projects in between these two films that we'll see uh so i don't know i mean i don't know how much of how much that will separate these two films um but it is interesting that. Do you think? Do you, yeah. Out of those two projects in between the two movies, what do you do? You think it's more likely that it's going to be a film or two Disney Plus series? That's or? the thing. We don't, that's the thing that it, that remains to be seen. Um, it could be two films. It could be a film and a TV series. It could be two TV series. It's it, that's there's not a lot that we know from that that we can really kind of speculate on. But yeah. That's you know, the one. That, like, once we find out what those other two dates are, maybe we might have a better idea of like how connected is Avengers Five to Avengers Six. Now, for those because, of you wondering yeah. uh, what the story of Kang the the Kang Dynasty series was about, the sixteen chapter comic. Um, let me tell you the story right here. I got it pulled up on the summary right here, guys. Really quick, the story features Kang the Conqueror, warlord from the 30th century, one of the deadliest and oldest Avengers foes, arriving in the earliest 21st century with his son Marcus, intent on conquering the planet. 
Although Kang is temporarily successful, the first villain in Marvel Comics to physically take over the world as opposed through mind control as Doctor Doom once accomplished by amplifying the powers of the Purple Man, pushing my glasses up as high as I can, <laughs> he is opposed and eventually defeated by the Avengers. The story is noteworthy for its length as well as depicting the destruction of the United States, or the United Nations headquarters building throughout, uh, though without loss of life as Kang saved them all to make a point and the death of the entire population of Washington, D.C. It had been planned before the events... Well, this is a fun fact. This had been planned before the events of September 11th, 2020, or 2001, yeah. but was published afterwards as, comic, as Marvel Comics decided not to alter the story. Interesting. Really interesting. Very, very interesting well, stuff there. Well, uh, thanks, Kevin. Way to, way to spoil the... The whole thing. He loses, whole, guys. Yeah, way to Spoiler! <laughs> Kang Dynasty for those who haven't read the story. The beautiful thing... <laughs> The beautiful Spoiler thing alert. is, uh, uh, you know, you look at uh, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet, the comic, and mm. Thanos Thanos loses in that comic by the end because they tell the yeah. entire story. Whereas Infinity War, Thanos wins at the end. So right. who knows? Maybe, I mean, the way they're connecting it with Secret Wars and the way that the MCU plays along with their movies and kind of takes the best of each comic and kind of puts it together. Yeah. For all we know... Maybe Kang is about to lose at the end of the Kang Dynasty. Mm. And right before he loses, he goes, boom, presses a button, and all the heroes of this universe get transferred has, to Secret he's gonna, Wars. He's going to have his uh, you should have gone for the head moment, you think? Maybe. Uh, you think they'll if, repeat that? Yeah, if there's a part two, like if there's a, an interconnection between the two, maybe. Or I kind of like to look at Kang as Ultron where Ultron hmm. is like a, a hive mind of, he has a million robots that all have his brain. And so you kill one and the other one just gets up and goes, anyways, as I was saying, you know, right. Kang is the same exact way. He has a dynasty. He has multiple versions of himself, all his variants. Right. There are tons of conquerors, Kang the Conquerors. It doesn't matter if you kill one Kang the Conqueror, the next one will get up and come back to your timeline and try right. to kill you again. Right. So for all we know, Maybe the Kang Dynasty ends the Kang the Conqueror that we see throughout all these movies, but then, you know, he dies, and then at the end of the end credits, the other one survives, and he sends them all to, you know... Battle world. Battle world, baby. Yeah. Secret wars. That's the thing. It's like, it's hard It's hard to tell because, like you said, the, the Secret Wars story, I mean, in the comics, came out way before the Kang Dynasty. But, you know, Marvel is known for kind of taking these stories and adapting them, but they have no problems changing them up in certain ways. So they very well could write it so that Kang Dynasty narratively can organically lead into Secret Wars. Yeah. But also, they could make it separate. I don't know. But they, they both deal... What, what The common thread here that we know so far is these are both movies that will deal heavily with the multiverse, right? Mm. I mean, you got Kang, who is who travels the multiverse. He is a multiversal threat. And then you've got Secret Wars, which is a multiversal war, you know, which is, the, you know, all these characters from different universes battling it out. So, but yeah, it could, they could, the thing is they do have the freedom to make it as connected as possible or not. But crazy, thing cr is. crazy how like all of this thought process that we're having is stemming just from the fact that this one dude is directing this movie specifically. Right, yeah. Like I almost forgot man, what the original story was. It, it literally makes us dissect every little thing as a Marvel fan. And so... I mean, 
at the end of the day, like, all we can do is sit back and hope for the best and see what they're going to come up with. But, man, we got to wait three years to figure out what's going to happen with all this. Why is there this one guy directing this one movie and somebody else going to direct another movie? I, I mean, com- when you compare it to the trajectory of Phase 1 to 3, f- phase, five, phase 4 to 6 is actually taking place within a pretty short period of time. I mean, think That's about true. it. We just had... We're coming up on the end of phase one here with Wakanda forever. Mm. I mean, if you think about, I mean, no, phase four. Uh, if you think about the end of phase four, uh, Avengers, think about the timeline between the first Avengers film and Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I mean, you got tw- you got seven years, right? It was from t- 20, 2012 to 2019. That was seven years. We're getting three years difference between yeah. Wakanda Forever and uh, uh, Secret Wars. I mean, that's pretty. We're pretty we're, spoiled at this point we're as Marvel fans. Going through phases pretty quick now. We that it's also another reason why when you look at the DC universe right now and how they're doing with their movies, it's like, guys, like M- the MCU is just on another level at this moment. So yeah. may- maybe you're right, Raul, about what you said earlier. Like maybe maybe we should stop comparing Marvel to DCEU. But it's like yeah, at this point maybe. You want to keep doing it because you want to root for DC to succeed, but then you see all the content that Marvel just keeps putting out perfectly on the spot, scheduled mm-hmm. perfectly. And, you know, you, you think to yourself, like, they've got a plan, they've got a strategy, and currently Destin Daniel Cretton's about to be the next director who is going to make it even bigger than he thought he could. Um, I mean, we very well down the line, you know, maybe in a couple months, maybe at D23, we may very well hear an announcement that Destin Daniel Cretton is also going to direct Secret Wars. I mean, hey, you never know. That'd be great. And, and if that's the case, you know... Well, well, then for sure there, there's going to be a lot of connective tissue. But um, in the meantime, yeah, it's this is the only one we know about. Now, Destin Daniel Cretton's also going to be working on Shang-Chi 2, which I'm going to assume is going to come that... out before. It's already been greenlit that they're going to work on it. They just haven't put it on the you know the planner yet. So maybe that might be one of those um, untitled uh, dates yeah, in that's Phase what 6 I'm... that we've seen. And we're, yeah, we're probably we... going to find out during D23 because Kevin Feige's saving it for the best stuff for last. Oh my god, I stuff for last. D23. Um, but that being said, you know, we know that he's work... what he's going to be working on, but also what has he already worked on, you may ask, from Marvel. Not, it's not Marvel content. The last few projects he's worked on, here's the last three things he's, he's just done. Mm. He worked on Just Mercy with uh, Michael B. Jordan. He worked okay. on The Glass Castle, which I've never heard of, but I, I have also heard good things at the same time. That makes sense if you don't think about it. And then he also worked <laughs> on a, a, a film called Short Term 12, which I've also never really heard about. But mm. I did see Just Mercy, and goodness, does this director know how to bring out your tears and hit you in the heart and just make you cry as hard as a baby. I never saw it. That, oh, you totally have to. It's fantastic. Best movie, one of the best movies I'd seen in a long time with Jamie Foxx. For those of you listening who are like, what's it about? Basically, Jamie Foxx gets arrested and goes to prison and is sentenced to death. And uh, Michael B. Jordan is a black uh, lawyer from the 90s, I believe, early. I think it's from the 90s who is trying to work as hard as he can to break him out of jail and get him out legally. I remember um, hearing about this movie. I remember the trailers and stuff, yeah. They were like in the deep south where like the racism mm. at that time was worse than you could imagine. This movie kind of teaches you that, hey man, it's not all gone. Like it's still out there somewhere and it, you know, it just, the movie finds a way to tweak your heartstrings and just, you know, oh, yeah. you will cry I mean, well, like a 90s, baby. The early 90s, there was a lot of big things going on. I mean, you got the uh, Rodney King 
uh, the Rodney King beatings and all that stuff. I mean, that was in the '90s. That was very much uh, on people's mind. Was the the race relations going on there? So, um, yeah, it was still pretty relevant even then. Um, that's yeah, that's really that's really cool. And I know what I mean. It that makes sense because you know Destiny Daniel Cretton can do drama because for me, yeah. I mean. Good Lord, I mean, Mandarin uh, was one of the most compelling parts of Shang-Chi, you know, uh, mm. his his father, Wen Wu. That's that's what that's who I'm thinking. Wen, Wen Wu. Wu. Tony, Tony Leung. Tony Leung. Tony Leung. Um, he I butchered his name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tony, there you go. Tony we we probably both did. <laughs> um, but that was that was so compelling. I mean, the way the 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 stakes and the drama that was brought with his character and, and the the loss of his wife and that was all that was his motivation behind everything. You know, was to to you know to to seek out his wife and mm. find her again. I mean, that was played so well. So you know, Destin Daniel Cretton can do drama very well. So that makes total sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have no doubt in my mind that along with the drama and and the action stuff. Uh, he's going to do a fantastic job in this film, and uh, I, I can only be more and more excited for new directors that are up and coming that keep on getting these new jobs. And I think yeah. Disney, Disney specifically, has been opening up these more these new opportunities. The more Marvel movies come out, and the more Disney movies come out. Speaking of new Disney movies, mm-hmm. uh, a little segue there again. Um, we got a Lilo and Stitch live action film that finds its director. Um, mm-hmm. Now we got from Variety here. It says Dean. Fl- I'm gonna butcher this guy's last name. Dean Fleischer Camp, the filmmaker behind yeah. A24's charming indie comedy Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, will step in for John M. Chu as director of Disney's live-action Lilo and Stitch remake. The movie is still in early stages and has yet to officially set a screenwriter or hire any actors to portray Lilo and company. However, Chris. Oh boy, this is a long one, guys. Give me a second here with this name. <laughs> Chris Kekanio Kalani Bright is in final. Did I say that right? I think I nailed it. You did it. I think you nailed it. Any Hawaiian people out there, I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) They're in final negotiations to write the adaption. Um, Okay, so cool. We've got a Lilo and Stitch live action movie coming, and that's pretty awesome. Um, I did not see uh, the Marcel the Shell with shoes on, but I've heard. I've heard so many good things about that, I've heard that it's show. Really good, yeah. The director I, clearly has a good vision and an eye for what he's looking for for his message in the films, and I'm pretty sure you need a guy like that to make a, a new movie for Lilo and Stitch as a remake. Um, and I, I'm just here's my thing, Raul. Here's my thing. All right, yeah. Listen, what you what you think, Kevin? I'm gonna tell you what my thing is here. So my thing is, <laughs> Lay it I, on us. I I dislike remakes. I yeah. don't I don't like these live action reboots yeah. because it's for a reason which I feel like if they just fix this one thing I'd be okay with it. And it's yeah. the fact that they don't try anything new. Right. They don't That's, they don't try yep. to take the ending somewhere else, you know? Like when Beauty and the Beast live action first came out, I remember, I don't know if you knew about this, but there was an the original Belle à la Bête, uh, Belle et la Bête, I think where it was the French Parisian version of Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. that was a black and white live action film from like 1930 or 40 something. And when this movie came out, the ending of that film ended in a way that uh, Gaston, he ended up becoming the beast and trying to attack oh. Belle and Beast when he went back to human form. But before he could fight them, all the villagers showed up and found Gaston and like took him down. 
Interesting. And I thought that would have been a really cool thing to right. use for the new live-action movie. Maybe not get him violently murdered by the villagers, <laughs> but, like, wouldn't that have been awesome if, like, the beast had turned into a human and then all of a sudden Gaston's the beast and now there's a chase scene and they have well, to the, get away from him? You know? That's the thing. That sounds to me like, see, I mean, if you look at all these fairy tales that Disney have adapted, uh, if you go and look at the original literature of them, they're so dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like those, those those stories are so dark. The Little Mermaid I've heard is really dark. Um, I mean, all these, the grim fairy tales, I mean, you know, Disney has adapted these into animated films and they put their little Disney spin on them. And it's like, you know, it's it's all happy and cute and wonderful and all that stuff. Happy endings. But a lot of these stories that they're based on, there's not a lot of happy endings. Um, they can be pretty intense. So... That's the thing is is I feel like for something like that, that would be getting away from the Disney version of it. And this is, like you're saying, this is also my same problem with these Disney animated remakes. It's like, in order for you to, in order for a remake to be warranted, I want to see something new. Yeah. But instead, these are live action, these are pretty much live action, pretty much shot for shot remakes. I mean, well, I say that, you know, I, I say that word very liberally, but there's not a lot that strays away from the original. So because of that, I'm like, I don't, I've got the original. Like if you're not going to do anything different with it there, I see no reason in needing to see it. I've got the original. I love the original. I could, I could just watch that. So that's the thing. If you're going to make, if you're going to remake these films, give us something new, baby, give us something new. And I no, I'm not talking about a new musical number. Okay. I mean, they, I'm not talking about something like that. I mean, narratively, Give us something new. So that's that's my same problem with these movies. I don't know. A Lilo, I love Lilo and Stitch. I mean, that there was like a brief period of time where everything, right after that movie, everything was Stitch. You were seeing Stitch in all the theme parks. Stitch merchandise was like everywhere and stuff like that. And then it kind of quickly died out, and I'm not seeing anything about Stitch. So... You know, and I was wondering if we're going to see anything, if Disney was going to bring Stitch back. But it seems like they're going to bring him back in a live-action remake. And so it's like, I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of these live-action remakes, I I gotta say. The other thing is that Lilo and Stitch, I don't believe Lilo and Stitch was based off a book. I think it was written for the film. Yeah, it's Um, an original property, I believe. And it was one of the first 2D films that was like, I think it was almost considered the finale of 2D animation for Disney, because after that, things just started turning more 3D. Right, it Um, was one of the last ones, yeah. So there's a lot of historical stuff that has to do with Lilo and Stitch, the original film. Um, Listen, I I don't want to see a shot for shot of Lion King again. I don't want to see a shot for shot of Lilo and Stitch again. Yeah, just like I, you said, I, I'd rather just watch it on Disney Plus right now, the animated version, and right. sing the, there is no place you'd rather be, and just remember the same exact tune. <laughs> then on the surfboard out at sea. Yeah. Ring a ring in the ocean blue. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's amazing. Like, that's that's the kind of music. Oh, I search till the sun. It's, it's stuck in my head now. But I, I think that's the kind of music where it's like, I don't know, you nailed it. You nailed it the first time. How are you going to do this again? That's how I felt about all the music they've done for all these live-action versions as well because you grow up getting those songs stuck in your head. Hello, everybody. We're back. We had some technical difficulties, but we have returned now, so we're good. We are just slowly making our way through this episode, guys. <laughs> now we will sing uh, the Aloha Oi song uh, with Lilo's sister, the one she sings with her. Take it away, Raul. 
I can't remember that song. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha, oi. Oh, that one. Yes. Oh, Raul, come on. No, no, now it's too late. Oh, no. Okay. We're... <laughs> There's my boo. I was boo. hoping the boo would come out sooner. Dang it. Uh, okay. Thank you for if you're still listening, guys. Thank you so much. You it's are been a very, long month for us, guys. Very kind. Yeah. Well, listen. All long right. story short, is I I am excited. I am gonna see Lilo and Stitch live action. I'm sure. Um, I just hope they try something new. And if yeah. they don't, then that's their loss. But they also have my money. So it's like, dang it. I need to stop giving them my money. Um. We'll see. They already have your money because it's gonna be. It's they're gonna put it on Disney Plus. You're already paying for that. Yeah, that's pretty. That's They've pretty already good. got it. If it if it goes straight to Disney Plus, then I'll watch it for sure. If it yeah. goes to theaters, maybe I'll wait and see what people say about it. That, right, that's right. kind of where I'm at right now. But also, we haven't even seen a trailer for it yet. For all we know, it could be the coolest looking trailer ever, and they could introduce a second six two six or something. That would be great, which they did do it's that for the anime. Six to six. Oh, I can't wait to see Jumbo with, with his uh his Jumbo accent. And, and Pleakley. Oh, Pleakley! Oh, just, oh, man. I hope they get the same guy. That'd be great. Oh, because Kevin McDonald. I love Kevin McDonald from Kids in, Kids in the Hall. I love his voice for that. I can't, that's, that's when I think of Pleakley, I think of his voice, so... I don't know. They're probably he, not gonna. They're he, probably gonna get someone else. He's like he's the James Earl Jones of Lilo and Stitch. You know, you you can't have. You think that that'll be the one voice they keep? They gotta keep the Stitch voice, right? You know. Well, that's I yeah. Have, Aloha means family. Like they have the. If right? you can if if they can't get a voice actor. Stitch's voice? Yeah, if you can't get a voice actor to go in and just be like, how? It's like you've already listen. Hire us, guys. Hire Everybody, us. Everybody, I I got news for you. <laughs> Everybody has an impression of Stitch. It's 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 like with Gollum. It's all the same. Like everybody can do that you know everyone can, everyone can do this for us you know even people who aren't voice actors they're <laughs> like hey Raul listen man I'm a voice actor I got a great stitch impression you know <laughs> like the Raul, same can you, like, can I got you a do... great Stewie Griffin you know I oh, know I was just about to say that dang it <laughs> can you do can you do a Stewie <laughs> I, I will re- I refuse to do a Stewie Griffin impression. oh no I'm not gonna do it I don't do family guy impressions on social media <laughs> I don't do it ever I'm not gonna do that here. I, I always tell people my favorite impressions are when people say, "Hello, I am this person." Like they say their own name. So like if you're if you're doing a Stewie impression, you go, "Hello there, I'm Stewie Griffin." And it's like, well now it's you. It's like yeah, we get it. We like, know we, you're Stewie Griffin. We can I'm gather that from Frog the voice. Here. I'm still like you don't have to just talk. It's fine. Anyways, we are getting derailed out of this track. You guys, you guys are here for for movie news. Let's move on to the next one here. Yeah, we got an Aragon series is coming to Disney Uh Plus, baby. Here's an article from Variety. An Aragon live-action TV series is in an early development for Disney+. Plus. The series would be based on the Christopher Paolini young adult novel series, The Inheritance Cycle, with Aragon being the first of the four books in that series. According to sources, Paolini will serve as co-writer on the series. Now, I remember the first movie came out when I was like, Maybe in fourth grade? I was like 2004? You're a like baby. That. I was a baby, a wee baby. <laughs> but so I, I remember watching the movie and being okay with it. But then I, I, you know, when you're friends with kids who read a lot of books, they're like, yeah. oh, the book was better. Oh, the book was, this movie butchered yeah. it. And, you know, I, I would watch the sequel because I, I think there was a sequel, right? I remember watching the sequel and just thinking like, man, I don't know where this story is going. Like, I'm not really sure if I'm into this stuff. Yeah. And we all kind of fell out of it. 
And there were a ton of fans from the original books that were claiming and shouting to the heavens, please make another version, reboot the movie, and make it better, make it just like the books, man, come on. And uh, now I guess the fans are finally getting what they want. Disney Plus is making a TV series, which in my opinion might actually be a better idea than doing a movie. Because yeah. it kind of it kind of changes things up. It makes you not think about. It makes you not correlate it to the original two films that came out, um, and it gives you a chance to breathe and like see this new version of the story and and just enjoy it the way it is. Um, I don't think any casting has been announced for it just yet, but I'm very happy to see that Christopher Paolini is going to come back and co-write the screenplay for it. Uh, that's going to be really really cool. Um, I'm pretty sure when you have the original author of the book working on it, you know it's going to be a good story. It's going to yeah. be written well. It's going to be produced well. And Disney Plus, like, you know, with Disney Plus, I think Disney's trying to give chances to these creators the way that Netflix is trying to give people chances to make their projects. Except, you know, maybe Disney might have more control over it because they're Disney and they want to make sure they keep their image or something. Right. But, you know, it's good to see that these new opportunities are coming. First, we got National Treasure, the series. Now we got Aragon. That's pretty great. That, that's awesome. No Nicolas Cage, but that's still all right. You know, <laughs> you're Ra- still hung up on that, huh? I'm still hung up on that. But Raul, how do you feel about this series? I mean, I can't say much because I never seen, I've never seen the Aragon movies. I haven't read any of the books. I just, I just know that I heard that first Aragon movie was not very well received. Mm. Um, and I was, I'm not sure. I. I thought I thought it was that they had made plans for a sequel, but because the first one didn't do didn't do well, they canceled the sequel. That so, might be, uh, yeah. That is might that what be it was? But I'll yeah, Google I it. just yeah, I heard nothing. I didn't hear any good things about it. So um, I don't know. I, I I we'll see. Again, I have really nothing to offer to to the conversation other than <laughs> look. I mean, the, in general, well, I will say in general, you know, if you've got especially something that's based on a book series or something like that, it's typically hard to adapt these into films. I mean, of course, there are successful, you know, there are successful examples, Lord of the Rings films, but I mean, in general, it's a very difficult thing to do because in a book series, you have a lot of time to really delve in and and get acquainted with the characters and the world and just the setting in general and, and really kind of follow everybody and kind of get uh, invested in, in the emotional journey that the characters are going through. So, of course, you know, a TV series is a great way to adapt something like that because, again, you have a lot more screen time. You have a lot more time to, again, delve into all this stuff and, and really uh, make an emotional connection with, with the characters and follow the story. So, I mean, I'm all for it. And it sounds like the original author is attached to this. Yes, right? sir. Okay, so you can't go wrong with that. You know, you've got the original author um, attached to the project. This was the only way I feel as though that they could have made the fans go, heck yeah, dude, let's go. This is the only way you could excite us. If you had told us that the the, the original writer wasn't going to be coming back for it, it's like, okay, well, that's kind of like telling us the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender aren't going to work on the live-action Avatar. So, well, we'll see about that, you know? But um, you know, again, I think I think it's a good decision on Disney Plus's or Disney's uh, point of view. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm already paying for Disney Plus, so please just put it on, and I will watch it for sure. But um, hey, we got our next topic, yeah, buddy. Hey, speaking of speaking of uh, TV series adaptations, <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm not good with the with the with the 
segues. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, leave the segues stop. to me. You're good. <laughs> All right, I'll, 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 I'll leave that to Wait, you. Wait, actually, I'm kind of curious what your segue was going to be, though. <laughs> speaking of well, what? Well, no, I was going to say, speaking of speaking of TV shows that are coming out, it was a very lame segue. <laughs> I, I, please don't make me reiterate it. Okay. Hey, guys, <laughs> speaking of, uh, you know, death, like this, this sh- the, the movie died really bad. By the way, it was only one movie. It wasn't two Aragon films. But okay, so okay. The they second one, the, the second one didn't happen. It was dead in the gutter. And speaking of death, ah, here's your segue. <laughs> death Note live action series coming from Stranger Things creators. Mm. So this comes to us from Collider. The Duffer brothers, Matt and Ross, have recently announced their new production company called Upside Down Pictures. The new company's reveal has also come with the announcement of the upcoming project slate coming from the Stranger Things creators, one of which includes an all-new live-action television series adaption of the renowned Japanese manga and anime series Death Note. So, this is really cool because um, every fiber of my being wants to go, No! And also, <laughs> because, you know, when it comes to anime live action adaptions from Hollywood, yeah. we're not really the best at doing those, you know? And no. uh, the only times, uh, well, let's talk about the history of Death Note for a second. For those of you who don't know what Death Note is even yeah, about. I'm, I'm not familiar, so fill me in, Kevin. So Death Note takes place in Japan, and there's this school student. He's the, one of the smartest of his class. I dare say the smartest of his class. And uh, he finds himself with a, a journal that just says Death Note on it. And as soon as he touches this notebook, he starts seeing this spirit, this evil spirit that basically starts to inform him at the fact that this notebook is a book where you can write someone's name, their full name, and it kills them within 10 seconds or if you write instructions on how they're going to die. So as long as you put your name on their name on the book or in the book, then they will die. Mm. But by taking this book you end up risking your own life as well. And when you die and you, after you've used it, then your soul goes with this ghostly being that's trying to get you to do all this and just, you know, mess around for fun. It's a very, very cool concept. One of the most popular manga and anime series of all time. I highly recommend checking it out. It's very cool. When, uh, when I meet new actors who do stage theater or, you know, television and stuff that isn't anime, you know, they're not, they're not really into it. I advise them to watch Death Note because Death Note reminds me of Shakespeare. Uh, when you mm. look at Shakespeare, characters in, in Death Note or characters in Shakespeare have like their soliloquies and they have like their these giant monologues where they talk to themselves and they think about their, their inner thoughts and how they're going to achieve everything. Mm. It's exactly the same with Death Note, except it's regular English. But you can appreciate it more because if you look at it as if it's Shakespeare, it works. It works yeah. so well. It's so good. It's a, it's also a, a, a cat chase, like cat and mouse chase kind of story. Mm. Because then now that this student's trying to kill all these people, nobody knows who this guy is that's killing all these people in town. So now detectives have to step in and try to find this so-called Akira or, no, I think, or Kira, Kira. His name is Kira, is his like stage name, but his real name is Light Yagami. Um, so anyways, going back to Netflix and stuff like that, uh, Netflix had made their own live-action adaption of this show, and boy, mm. was it bad. They based it off of, uh, it was an American person, like all-American, I think it was like in Illinois or something like that, uh, or South Dakota or something, and the main characters were not at all the way they seemed in the original series, um, and the fans just 
gutted it up and destroyed it and hated it, blah, 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 blah. And Japan made their own live-action films that were almost exactly like the series, but huh. the quality wasn't as amazing as the original series. So I feel as though this series just has such a curse when it comes to these live-action adaptions. So I'm really nervous for the Duffer Brothers because I trust that they know what they're doing, and I, I trust that they want to tell a good story, but... This is going to be a little bit hard because you got this show that's really difficult to really nail in the head. Well, so what are you thinking? Well, you go, okay, so you're saying that okay, so this is so so this is a uh, live action series, yeah. uh, an Americanized live action series. But I, I don't know if it's Americanized this one specifically, uh, but Okay, I was going to ask you cuz right. cuz you said they've done a series already. Yeah. So not the Duffer Brothers, but another group of producers, right, right, right. American producers wanted to do they, Yes, they wanted to do their own Americanized version of Death Note, and when that one failed miserably, now I guess it's the Duffer Brothers' turn to take a look at it and approach it. Hopefully, they do it more justice than this original Americanized version of it. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, that's. I mean, I love the Duffer Brothers. I love that what they've done with Stranger Things. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with Upside Down Pictures here. I know they're going to do some adaptations of of things. They're going to do, I. Th- Think I had heard they were gonna do some Stranger Things spinoffs. Yeah, that under too. that umbrella, we'll see that. We'll see how that turns out. Um, but I mean, I love Stranger Things. I mean, season four was. Uh, I'll say it again. I said it already, but I'll say it again. The best season since season one. I just had a blast with that with with Stranger Things season four. Yeah. Um, so I still have I'm, to watch last two episodes. Do uh. it. Do it. They're good. They're good. Um, it, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's it's just it's so much fun. Um, I, I wonder why it is, though, that when the Duffer Brothers decided to make this new company, one of the first few projects they decided to approach was this anime spinoff. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, though, how much of an involvement are the Duffer Brothers going to have in this show other than it just being under their upside down pictures umbrella? I mean, are they going to write it? Are they going to have I, I guess that remains to be seen. If and until I find out more, I'm just like, okay, we'll we'll see. You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, one of the one of my favorite things about Stranger Things also is all the VFX. Uh, heck, you know, <laughs> can you tell I'm segueing right now, guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I love VFX. VFX are important to everything we see. I can't wait to see a a Death Note ghostly thing VFX. But anyways, let me get back into the segue here. <laughs> We got VFX artists passing on Marvel projects due to stressful conditions. Yeah. Raul, what do we got on this, man? All right, so this uh, this actually comes to us from The Gamer. Uh, the quote says, VFX artists are speaking out against Marvel, with many refusing to ever work with the entertainment giant again. This comes as artists share accounts of unworkable deadlines and immense pressure leading to stress and unsatisfactory final products. It goes on to say these allegations have been made um, on the subreddit uh, VR, VFX uh, with artists across the industry sharing their negative experiences with the company. Um, yeah, this is really interesting. I mean, these guys have work on these work on these uh, these films. And then just in general within within the industry, these guys have had it. I mean, it's getting to a point where uh, these guys are, are underpaid, overworked. And especially with Marvel, they seem to be the the biggest culprit here. Uh, so here are some quotes we got from uh, a bunch of the Reddit users. Um, so we got one. Uh, here's from uh, Independent AD419. Marvel has probably the worst methodology of production and VFX management out there. They can never fix the look of the show 
before more than half of the allocated time for the show is over. The artists working on Marvel shows are definitely not paid equivalent to the amount of work they put in. Here's another one from Sam VFX 2015. On Thor, they asked for a complete mini sequence two or three weeks before deadline. Another one from Mickey M-O-O-M-O-O. I request not to work on Marvel movies and TV shows. Unfortunately, they're becoming our biggest client. They expect a smorgasbord of options so they can change their minds three more times. Marvel has seen grown men punch walls and throw monitors from from stress. Jesus. I, I broke down a couple times and have seen... Uh, and have seen the strain it can put on marriages. But hey, the money was fantastic. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. They go on to say, F Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> F Marvel as a client, the credit name is not effing worth it. Rand DVR. It's it's 6 a.m. now. I am making the reel to apply someplace. Uh, I, I'm making a reel to apply someplace that has products other than Marvel because I can't do this anymore. And there's a whole bunch more. I mean, Man, the, people, the list people, goes on and on. It just goes on and on. People really started to uh, chime in here on this on this subreddit about it. I mean, it's bad, right? I mean, this these guys are, like I said, they're overworked, underpaid. I have a brother who is an animator. Um, he tells me the same thing that these guys, you know, he, he very rarely has, uh, time to, to, to get out and do anything because, uh, he's stuck working like, you know, 10 hour days, you know, 10, 12 hour days, uh, especially when they're, it's crunch time on something. And so I've heard these kinds of stories before. And uh, it's it's really unfortunate because the VFX artists, I feel like they are underappreciated and undervalued in this industry altogether. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on all this, Kevin? It's 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 crazy. Like this is a this is a problem. I can only imagine that they treat VFX artists as construction workers, in a way mm. where they say, "Hey, we need you to finish this building, and here's all the all the deals that we have. Like this, is how much money we're willing to offer." And then every single construction company has to like bid and hope to see that they get hired to do right. it. So they're going to undercut each other so that they can try to get the job first, which means undercut now... Undercut each other and undercut themselves, really. Undercut they're going to shortchange themselves exactly. so that they can get the project. Yeah, um, so then now these workers, these animators, they do their company do, do the same thing with all the other... You know, they've got competition with all the other VFX companies. Right. So when they undercut each other, and now you're an animator that has to work on all these VFX within two to three weeks for Thor, for example, like, mm-hmm. that's that sounds insane. Like, that sounds incredible. I can't imagine what it's like being a VFX artist because I am not one. Um, mm-hmm. I have dabbled in animation myself, and I can already say just based on the small bit of animation I've worked on, it's incredibly long. It takes forever to get the, anything done. Yeah. Um, so to be told and rushed to get this stuff done by this point and it's just last minute, uh, that just doesn't sound healthy. It doesn't sound good for you. And based on what these guys are all saying, like something's got to happen. Something We've got to have more of these conversations. And, uh, you know, I, you and I both, we love Marvel. We love everything about these superhero movies. Um, but it, it's a damn shame that the guys who make these movies amazing for us have to mm-hmm. suffer so much for it. Shouldn't they be compensated for this? And it's hard, right? Because it's it, there's really no one person to blame for this problem. It's a systemic issue. And it's like, I mean, because, like, for example, a company like Marvel, they're just trying to find the cheapest option, right? So they're going to go with the company that, that you know, has uh, that's the cheapest. And, and that's the thing. If you want to be... As a VFX uh, house, 
if you want to be competitive in the industry and get the job, you have to kind of shortchange yourself. So it, it is a systemic problem. I guess I've heard other people say this already, but it's, it's good to reiterate. Like, I think all the animation companies need to come together and just have an agreement on what the rules are of, hey, this is as low as everybody should go. Right. De- especially depending on your team, you know, like if you know you've only got this many people, you should not be undercutting yourself to that low. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you know that the minimum you can do is this, then, you know, you got to you got to be able to show that you've got the best quality animation. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not the guy working behind the scenes. It's it's not a, it's above my pay grade, I, I suppose, to, to say what's going on back there. But one thing I know that's for sure is that everybody's got to come together and discuss this. And uh, one of the most important things is the fact that we're discussing this even now in this this podcast. We're seeing other people talk about it on YouTube and other podcasts and anywhere you can find people talking about movie news. I'm sure you, you we get this conversation rolling. News articles are talking right. about this now. So that's another good sign. Um, we're bringing more awareness to these movies. Now I even see memes about people who are just, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen The Boys, but there's, like, this footage of, like, Homelander watching a movie and just, like, crying. <laughs> and the caption is, like, when VFX artists realize they're going to have to work on 16 more Marvel movies now yeah. because of Phase 5. Oh, and they're like, <laughs> You know, it's just, we're making a joke out of it, but, hey, we're also making it more of an awareness thing. People are, people need to know about this. Yeah, this isn't just VFX artists working on, on, on films. This is animators working in animation and video games too. I mean, the video mm. game industry is really, I mean, they're known for being pretty hard also, like especially with... Um, Oh God, Naughty Dog! Right, Naughty Dog has been in trouble a few times also with their, um, with their, with with the work conditions over there too, and 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 the um, in, almost impossible deadlines and expectations they put on their animators. And again, because all these VFX houses are trying to uh, get the job and they're undercutting themselves, these animators are being overworked and underpaid. So it's just sad. It's just really hard to see, um, especially, like I said, my brother is, is is an animator and he's in the industry, and I've heard so many horror stories. You know what makes it worse is the fact that VFX just gets better and better, you know? So we, we get to a point where it's like, maybe at first we thought, this is how much work you have to put in to do this. But now we've got like more advanced tech and the the higher ups still have the same expectations. All right, well, we still have to do this now by that time. Like, well, no, no, no. Now that there's more difficult things to make and it's more complicated, we should be given more time to work on this stuff. Like we this time crunch that we keep giving ourselves isn't going to work out the way you think it will. But well, it's. It's it's hard because I think it, it kind of propels itself forward even more, especially as as technology gets more advanced, um, we're able to do things quicker and more efficiently, right? So same goes with VFX artists and animators and stuff. You know, with new technology that comes out, oh hey look, we're able to get our work done quicker. But that all that does is just that that just perpetuates the expectations now because now the expect oh well we can get it done quicker, so let's add more, let's cram more, yeah. and it's like these guys aren't able to kind of get ahead and like you know. You know, their, their their time is being filled with all these all these stressful deadlines. So yeah, yeah it's just it, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, no, I I man, I feel so much for these guys. So I I really hope you guys are more aware now that we've talked about it. I hope that something is gonna start being done about this. And uh, you know, with that all being said, guys, that's all the top ten news articles that we had for this month. Um, that's I wanna, it. 
before we start talking about some trailers and and you know movies that were out this month, I kind of wanted to give a little shout out to our one of our listeners. Uh, her name is Maki, and uh, our oh, friend Maki. She's a very close friend of ours. Maki has been listening to our podcast as she drives. And I uh, wanted to give you a little shout-out. Thank you for listening to our Thank show, you, Maki. Maki. You're awesome, and I hope listening to this these podcasts has entertained you. And all of you other listeners, I hope this has been entertaining you as well because uh, we, we love doing this. We love geeking out and talking about movies. Whether yeah, we think bad things or good things, it's a ton of fun doing this, Raul. No, I, I absolutely. I love that. I love doing it because this is something that that Kevin and I we kind of realized we like talking about this stuff anyway. And we're both voice actors. We have the equipment and we have the means to be able to to uh, put out a podcast. And so that was kind of like uh, that. I've been having so much fun doing this so far. So to all the listeners out there who are listening, thank you so much for for listening and supporting the show. Thank you for real, seriously, guys. Well, let's talk about uh, some trailers released this month. I'm gonna some list off trailers. I'm gonna list off a ton of trailers that we got this month, and uh, I guess we'll just start talking about the ones that really piqued our interest. So, first off, we had Amsterdam. We had a trailer for Clerks Three. We had a trailer for The Secret Headquarters. Then we had Halloween Ends, Blonde, Samaritan, The Monsters, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio. <laughs> which is the final trailer we, we got out this month. <laughs> There's a lot of really cool stuff that came out this yeah. month. Uh, Raul, is there any of these trailers that like really piqued your interest? Um, well, I will say I just recently watched the Secret Headquarters trailer uh, like a, a day or two ago. It looks really cool. It's kind of um, it's coming out on Paramount Plus on August 12th, and basically it's just kind of uh, this 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 kid finds out his father is a superhero, right? He's got he's kind of like an Iron Man esque type of hero, and and his father's going to be played by Owen Wilson. Um, and uh, yeah, a group of his kids, uh, a group of uh, of uh, this kid's friends, they all get together at his house, and then they stumble upon his dad's uh, kind of his secret headquarters and find his tech and start using it and things like that. And of course, you got other other entities, other people who have interest in this tech. So of course, they're going after him, and uh, it looks really cool and just funny and cute. I mean, it's 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 one of those things that it, I mean, it got a ch- it got some chuckles out of me watching this trailer. It's, but it said looks. It's, it starts, it looks uh, Owen Wilson's in it, right? And Owen Will, yeah, Owen Wilson plays the dad, and you got Michael Pena in it there as well. Um, yeah, it the, just you got the kid who plays the young Ryan Reynolds in uh, in the Adam Project. The yeah. Adam Project. That's I what really it was. liked him because I, I I did I enjoyed the Adam Project, and I really like liked him in it, and it was. Uh, yeah, it took me aback because I was like, this dude is like he's going toe to toe with Ryan Reynolds, you know, like yeah. Some you you got to have some really good talent to be able to go toe to toe with Ryan Reynolds on screen, and this kid did a great job portraying a younger Ryan Reynolds. I bought it. Yeah, like, I really bought him as a young Ryan Reynolds. So, um, yeah, I'm he's, honestly, he's I'm, I'm probably gonna watch like any movie that kid's in from now on, just because he just nailed it. He nailed it the first time I saw yeah. him. So I was I like, liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah, in this movie, The Secret Headquarters, he looks he. To me, it's like I feel like I'm just watching Ryan Reynolds start over his career, and I'm like, dude, of course I'll support you, Ryan Reynolds. Like that's awesome. But he's be- this actor is becoming his own as well, and he's kind of right. taking the mantle of like taking the energy of Ryan Reynolds and just using it for his own branding. And I think that's a phenomenal idea. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I- I'm excited for this show too, or this yeah. movie as well. You said Paramount Plus, August 12th. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see it. Owen Wilson kind of looks like 
He makes me think of like a like a, an Iron Man type of hero. That's what it is. He's kind of like an Iron Man hero. Yeah, like an Iron Man character. Interesting that two trailers in these trailers of the month that that came out have to do with superhero stuff that isn't mm. Marvel or DC, for example. Um, right. Like we had uh, Samaritan, which is something that piqued my interest. I uh, just watched this recently with Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone plays a superhero called Samaritan, but then quote unquote dies in front of the public. And he decides to quit being Samaritan and pretends to just, he just like decides to be a dumpster diver or dumpster truck driver yeah, guy. Just like, just like live his own life, yeah. And until eventually some kid discovers that he is Samaritan and then tries to ask him to teach him his ways and all this stuff. And uh, it's just a really cool looking film and I thought it was really interesting. Sylvester Stallone still got an in him with this super strength stuff as well. Yeah. Um, nice to see that he, he can still pack a good punch in, in all his movies. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be cool. It's going to be on Amazon Prime August 26th, so look out for that, you guys. But um, if anything, I feel like the one that got my attention the most was this yeah. one movie called Blonde. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I saw Blonde, and for those of you who don't know what that one is, it's the movie about Marilyn Monroe. It's coming mm. out September 28th on Netflix, and the only reason why it stuck out to me is because everybody has been hyping up this movie to me everywhere I've gone on the internet, on in person with friends, everything. Then I finally saw this trailer, and the one thing that I just can't get out of my head is the fact that the main actress, I think her name was Ana de Armas. Ana de Armas, yeah. She is very from much Knives Out. She's from I think she's from Colombia, right? Oh, I think so. Yes. I she was, hear... in, she was great in Knives Out. I can hear her accent so thickly yeah, in this trailer. Yeah. And I, I remember I, I watched this trailer and I scrolled through the comments thinking, am I the only one who's hearing this right now? Like, she sounds nothing like Marilyn Monroe in my opinion. And I'm scrolling and, like, some people are saying and they're like, oh, but it's okay. We love her. And I'm like, no! Like, yeah. <laughs> listen, I love her too. She is an yeah. amazing actress. But she's, she's not doing it right like i don't know like maybe that's the voice actor part of me raul maybe that's what yeah. it is she uh, it's it's very it seems like it's very hard for her to hide her accent and it, it did take me out of the it did take me out of the trailer a little bit um but good lord she is a dead ringer for marilyn monroe like she looks just like her that is the closest that's i've true. ever seen an actor look to the actual person you know in any one of these uh, uh biopics I, I, I mean that's it's that's the closest I've ever seen between actor and and person that they're portraying. Yeah, um, she looks just like her. I do find it interesting though. I mean, this is this is um, this is a story about you know Marilyn Monroe and how she feels about playing Marilyn Monroe. I think there's a line in there I can't remember, but it's something along the lines of like, I've been playing Marilyn Monroe for years and I've played all every movie I've been in. I played Marilyn Monroe. And then she says something along the lines of, I'm, 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 I'm not quoting it correctly. I know I'm not, but she <laughs> said something along the lines of like, I'm tired of playing Marilyn Monroe, you know, yeah. I, or I don't want to be, yeah, something like that, um, which is very fascinating. Kind kind of gives you an inside look into to her, her thoughts uh, about you know, her experiences here and and, and how she feels about, yeah. All you know that what? Stuff. It, it kind of gave me a very like Elvis vibe. Like I don't mm. know. When, remember when you saw the, when we watched the trailer of Elvis? There was a moment in the in yeah. that trailer where Elvis says, uh, 
you know, no one's going to remember me. Like, I'm, I don't matter. Like, I'm not, like, I, I'm not really who I, who people think I am, you know? And, uh, she kind of has a similar thing where it's like people overlook who they actually are, like who they right. are deep down, who they're, what their humanity is like. Right. And when you think of Marilyn Monroe, you think of this sex icon. Right. Um, and whereas in real life, in reality, that's not at all who she was. And it's interesting because I, I've understood that, but I've never really thought about it. So to have a film come out and just introduce us to that thought and finally make it more public um, is really cool. And it's it's also kind of bittersweet just seeing her life and how things ended for her. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably still going to watch this movie, you know, even, even yeah, though she's too. got the accent. I'm sure when I watch it, I'm, I'm kind of... I'll, I'll understand the accent, and then yeah. it'll just kind of click in my brain, and just hopefully I'll be able to go. Hopefully, the performance will be will yeah. you know, will be enthralled with the performance that we quickly forget about the accent. Right. But, um, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm very intrigued. And I I also just really like that it's like a black and white thing. Like they don't. It's not in yeah. color. You know. Well, I thought that well, was a really. There are a couple shots that were in color. Um, are there? But it, yeah, yeah. But it looks like it's mostly in black and well. It's a good choice. Like it's a good, there's, it's there's a good artistic a, choice. Quite a few significant amount of uh, footage that I recall seeing in, in color. So we'll see. Maybe it might be fifty fifty. I'm not I sure. W- but... I wonder if that has any like significance to the storytelling. Like whenever they it go could. into color, like is it like that's when she feels alive or something? Or I don't know. Like that's I don't, yeah. It's I wonder interesting. If, if there's a purposeful reason uh, storytelling wise for the switching back and forth. That should be that would that that'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, before are, are we good to move on to the movies out this month, Raul? Or did you want? Well, the last I will one say, thing? I will say, I will say, yeah. I put the Munsters trailer on here oh, specifically because I wanted to talk about how bad it looks. Uh, did you see this trailer? I did. It looks <laughs> like it looks like a student film on YouTube, and I am. Uh, <laughs> of course, so this is this is coming from uh, this is coming from Rob Zombie. Um, who directed uh, Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses. You know, he's known for his horror kind of stuff. Directed uh, the, the, the what, how, how would I say, the, the first wave of, of Halloween reboot films um, yeah. before the second wave of, of, of new films came out. Um, I don't know what is going on with it. This movie looks like, I feel like we're being trolled here. This movie we looks totally are. awful. And, and, <laughs> I love the Munsters. I was a kid who grew up, uh, you know, a kid of the 90s who grew up watching all your favorite black and white shows from the 1950s and 60s. Oh. Uh, mostly because of, thanks to Nick at Night and TV Land, us kids, us 90s kids were exposed to, to those kinds of shows. So I watched a lot of uh, Munsters, and I love the Munsters. It's a funny show. It's it's really cute. Um and so once I heard they were gonna that Rob Zombie was gonna do an adaptation of it, even before seeing the trailer, I was like, "Really? I don't know. I don't know if I want a Rob Zombie type sensibility brought to the monsters. I don't know yeah. if it, we'll see. Maybe it could be good. Maybe it'll be like a dark horror comedy type thing. Um, you 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 watch the trailer though, and it's not even dark. This just looks like a sad, lame, like you said, like a student, a badly made student film." And it looks like it's shot on like a, a phone, and it's just like I don't know what's going on here. The, 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 there's not even anything charming about it. You know it's, what? It's I, just like I think I have a strong feeling that it's gonna be like a cult classic, like The Room. 
um, where people are going to like have so? maybe I, who knows? We'll have to see when it comes out. Uh, I mean, it, I think they, they just announced that they were dumping it on Netflix because after the first trailer came ah. out, Netflix was like, oh, never mind, we'll take it. <laughs> Here it is. I'm wondering, <laughs> I, I wonder if it's already on Netflix. I have to double check. But uh, if they didn't dump it on Netflix yet, they're going to is what they've been saying. So, well, it uh, said, well, all we had was it was just going to come out in September, um, September of this year. Yeah. But, so okay, so like, that's a recent development that that, that Netflix is is taking it. So we'll so see. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Are you? This, do you think we're going to watch the movie, Raul? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to. Uh, it, right now, I'm not interested in watching this movie at all. If another trailer <laughs> comes out that that looks like maybe it's a bait and switch, and we might get some something else, I don't know. I'm right. Oh I'm, man. I'm, it's not likely that I'm ever going to change my mind about this movie because I don't know. This just looks so bad. Like, what possibly can I learn from a second trailer that'll make me want to watch this movie? This 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 dumpster fire. Maybe maybe for the end of September, uh, when we record that episode, we should challenge each other for the movie of the month to watch that movie. <laughs> oh God, please, Kevin, and then talk no. about it. That would be it'd be great because then the episode would that, come out in October. And that is that would be a, an actual challenge. I, I feel like we're, we when we do our movie challenges, we use the term challenge loosely. That will be an actual challenge. <laughs> I challenge you to try and get through this movie. We'll literally just be sitting through, just going. Oh, that was, was such a delayed reaction. That was, yeah, uh, what happened there? <laughs> okay, anyways, you guys, those are all the trailers that we've got going on over here. Yeah. Also, I will say Halloween Ends looks way better than Halloween Kills. Uh, I, I, we don't have time to get into all the details, but that is also a good trailer that I really enjoyed and stuck, stuck out to me. Halloween Kills. I'm it looks like it. it looks like there's hope for this Halloween movie. Look, I, I hated Halloween Kills, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. With how, Laurie Strode is actually back, and she's not sidelined throughout the whole movie anymore. Like in the second movie, you're getting I'm getting vibes going all the way back to the first movie. The in the in the, in the trailer, you see she's she's alone in the house with Michael Myers again. She's putting up a fight. So hopefully this will go back to the root to its roots of the original movie. Uh, and it's also yeah. just the ending, right? Like, that's it. It's over. This, this is it. This oh, is the man. final film in 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 the series, supposedly. Halloween I, ends. I mean, you can't get unless unless they do Halloween Resurrection. No, Halloween Resurrection is an actual movie. Never they mind. go. No, it'll be called oh, Halloween. Halloween, again. Halloween ends again. Halloween, dot dot dot. <laughs> Halloween ends again. Halloween ends <laughs> ends. Uh, Halloween Tokyo Drift. Halloween oh, Jafar's man. Revenge. Yeah, they Halloween. can't use they can't use Halloween Resurrection because they already used it. Uh, now, then they do insurrection, <laughs> insurrection. Halloween Inception. Inception. That would be interesting. Halloween uh, joins the MCU with Nick Fury. Uh, <laughs> that would be crazy if he just showed up at the MCU. All right. Anyways, guys. Anyway, that, that movies lo- that, that looks good. Anyway, <laughs> movies that have come out this month slash TV shows. We got the the last two episodes of Stranger Things season four, which I know you saw already. I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. Ah. Um, we got Minions: The Rise of Gru. We got Thor, Love and Thunder. Then we got The Gray Man. Of course, we've got Paws of Fiori, The Legends of Hank. Then we have Nope. And last but not least, we have DC League of Super Pets. Um, I saw... I've seen most of Stranger Things. I've already seen Thor, and I saw Nope the other yeah. day. Um, out of the ones that I've already seen... Um, You've already I, seen more than I have. <laughs> 
what? That's yeah. all right. I wanted to try and get Gray Man in, but we spent just just so you know, guys. Here's a little behind the scenes stuff. I spent a lot of July on vacation, and we were visiting family and stuff. So I got behind on a lot of things. It was really <laughs> difficult to keep up with stuff. So I did finish Stranger Things season four. Managed to uh, watch Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, I did watch uh, Top Gun: Maverick. By the way, I did say nice. that last episode. But yes, I watched Top Gun: Maverick. I watched everything, everywhere, all at once. So I know those weren't movies that came out in, in July. But I did have a chance to catch up on some movies. Um, but as far as this month, it was really just Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, well, you're an Amer- yeah. you're already an American patriot for watching all the movies you did, uh, especially Top Gun: Maverick. That's, that's right. That is the most patriotic you could definitely oh, God. get. That is such a great, phenomenal film. So good, Top Gun man. Maverick. Uh, yeah. So you saw you've already seen more than I have. With, yeah. Because you you saw Nope. Well, listen. Out of the movies that I saw, Thor and Nope. Uh, if you want to have a good time, go watch Thor: Love and Thunder. If you want to have a creepy time, go watch Nope. They're yeah. both they're both great movies. Um, Raul and I are, are we're hoping that next month we're going to work on a Thor: Love and Thunder review. Yes, uh, episode. We'll get that out to you at some and point. We will discuss that. Um, I I would say uh, out of the kids' movies. Now I didn't see the kids' movies. There's Minions: The Rise of Gru, and then there's Pause of Fury: Legend of the Hank. DC League of Super Pets, but I did look at the ratings online, mm. and I can surely, I can definitely assure you that Pause of Fury has a horrible rating on both IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. It looks um, like it looks bad. But it, so if I had to tell you to pick one between Minions and DC League of Super Pets, I'd actually tell you to go watch DC League of Super Pets because it actually really? has better ratings online on both Rotten Tomato and IMDb. Better um, than Minions. Better than Minions. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I mean, listen, guys, if you like Minions, go watch Minions. But definitely give DC League of Super Pets a shot because I'm yeah. I'm actually kind of edging towards watching it now Now that I know what the score is. Uh, the nothing in the trailers has really, like, intrigued me. I don't that's, know. I just yeah. I'm not interested in watching it. That's kind of what I've been saying, too. And then I realized that there's a lot of people online that were praising it uh, for some reason. Mm, and I'm like, that's really? Like, that's kind of it's kind of nuts. It's at a 71% right now on Rotten Tomatoes just based on the the critic score. There's no audience score, but the on mm. but on IMDb, I think it said it was at 8.1 out of 10. Um so that's not bad at all whereas Minions yeah. is at like 7 out of 10, 6.9 out of 10. Um so you know pick your poison, guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, any any last thoughts about this role? No, yeah, I mean, like I said, you've watched more than me. I've seen Stranger Things Season 4, and I've seen Thor Love and Thunder. Um, (laughs) I mean, all I can say is, like, for me personally, if you're going to watch a movie, watch Thor Love and Thunder, because I watched it, and that's the only... That's the only one I watched. <laughs> um, All right then. And well I then, it. with that all, if you see a TV show, watch Stranger Things season four. It's great. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, and if you get the chance, go watch. Uh, I think I think Miss Marvel is still going on this month, right? At the end of the month. It's still yeah yeah it's still going. It, I still yeah, guys, I still haven't finished it yet. Go watch Miss Marvel, guys. This is a great show as well. That's a, that's a really good family show. If you want to watch that family, I love Miss Marvel. Well, guys, with that all being said, we got our last quick segment oh, oh, here. Speaking speaking of movie recommendations, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Movie recommendations here. I gotta we, say, we great, got the, guys. Yeah, yeah, you know, that deserves Come on, I think I deserve a little. Yeah, you think it's a little. Come on, Kevin. Nice, yeah. That's good. Nice work. That's there right. you go. Very good. Proud of you, man. Yeah. Throw me a bone. Oh, who said that? Whoa, somebody said what boom. The, I don't what know who the was hell? that. 
Uh, Patrick, right? Anyway, so we got the movie of the <laughs> month challenge that we yeah. always do every month. Uh, listen, guys, feel free to drop now if you want to, but we're going to talk about <laughs> some cool movies really quick. Uh, so this month, I watched Dr. Strangelove, and Raul, you watched Spirited Away. Yeah. I want to hear your quick thoughts on Spirited Away first. So uh, what do you think of the movie this this current month? So I wanted, with these movies, I try and watch them, like, right before we record, um, you know, at least, like, a day or two before we record, because I wanted to be fresh in my head. Uh, but like I said, guys, because I've had such a crazy week. I watched this movie. I started watching this movie at, like, 1 a.m. Um, so <laughs> I, I remember, like, so by the time I got to the end of it, I was, like, really struggling to stay awake. But despite all that... I really enjoyed this movie. I was very surprised because, like I said, I'm not an anime guy. Um, and, I mean, I've always been curious about anime, but there's been nothing that's really kind of drawn me to anime. This mm. was a great kind of introduction to anime. And I wonder, Kevin, if your, if your recommendation of Alita Battle Angel was purposeful as kind of like uh, getting me kind of into anime because I know... But Alita chance. Battle Angel is a live action film, but it's yeah. got anime like uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's got anime well, based on an anime. Yeah. It's got anime sensibilities. Yeah. Right? So it, I, I I took that as a nice little introduction, and then getting into Spirited Away, I really enjoyed this film. I I love it's just beautiful the way it's animated and 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 just the the music stuck out to me a lot. I really love the music and and I and. I got so fascinated and wrapped up in the world, um, and and it makes me want to learn more about like the Shinto folk folklore, you know, Ooh. about like the the Shintoism and, and yeah. the spirit because this is all about like the spirit world, the Shin, you know, that based on the Shinto uh, folklore, and uh, everything has a everything has a spirit, right? There's a spirit of of this river and a spirit of the, a rad, there's a radish spirit, right? Um, Everything has a spirit, and so it just—if anything—it got me um, curious about that, you know, the folklore that it's based on and all that stuff. But um, I thought it was such a great, beautiful, wonderful film. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So. Yeah, I, I think that's the other thing. I yeah, you were definitely wrong to watch it at one in the morning for sure. I know, I know. Because like the thing about like Miyazaki films is the fact that like everything's about nature and like the yeah. music and the and just watching the artwork and how beautiful the scenery is mm-hmm. um there's always a story in these movies but like Miyazaki focuses a crap ton on the nature of every movie um and so that it can definitely put you to sleep if you're not in the right position that's I know for sure. I know um, it was but I, I I still enjoyed it anyway I was really str- I, I was really strong I wanted to stay awake because I was so uh, I was enjoying it so much. There were I had to near the end, especially I had to like I, I caught myself nodding off. I was like, "Wait, I gotta go back. I gotta go back." So I would go back and like watch the last little part that I missed. But I ended up watching it all. <laughs> Heck yeah, I filled man. in all the gaps. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. I, I feel like that's that's one of the like the best introductions to anime for sure. Because Miyazaki yeah. kind of just transcends animation in a way. I I look forward to seeing more of more Miyazaki films. Yeah, I mean, also Miyazaki, he is technically the Walt Disney of Japan. So That's what a, I've heard. Yeah. There's a lot of his work that's just so well-renowned and yeah. I'm I'm actually I'm wondering if Miyazaki dropped a lot of their movies, or a lot of his movies on Disney Plus. I think he might have in, in, in other countries, but well, maybe this not I, here. This I found on HBO Max. Oh. I found yeah, I found um, Spirited Away on HBO Max, which is interesting. Yeah, I, you would think it was, 
it would be on Disney Plus because of the the connection with uh, the Disney connection because they they released it in the U.S. Right. That's why yeah. John Lasseter, John Lasseter, uh-huh. uh, he's uh, he was attached to it, right? And he 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 produced he executive produced the Disney release of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So... And and also the that that's the other thing is yeah I guess the, there's a lot of Disney actors who dub over those characters like for example the voice of Lilo was the voice of the character from uh, uh Chihiro from Spirited Away the main character really yeah that was the voice of Lilo I did not know that and you know what else I noticed because I was listening and who's the character who's the girl that um that works at the bathhouse that befriends uh, Chihiro. Oh, I, what's her name? I think her name was May, and she was voiced by Ma- the girl who does the voice of Meg in Hercules. Yes, yeah. yes, I um I noticed that right away because yeah. I, I um I was watching the movie and I was like that voice sounds very familiar. And and uh, my wife actually, Louisa, she started watching the film with me, and she knew right off the bat. Um, cause usually she's like, because I'm a voice actor, I'm more in tune to like voices. So I recognize voices a lot, but for her too, it was, she also, she doesn't usually do that. So the fact that she also recognized, uh, Meg's voice too, cause I was like, wait a minute, who is that? And she quickly turned to me and she was like, yeah, that's Meg. I was like, that's it. It's Meg from Hercules. Dude, um, totally. And also so I, the last one was, uh, the guy who plays, uh, Haku, uh, is the voice of Max Goof. From the Goof Troop, that's Jason. Um, Jason Marsden. I think so. I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's Max. What? Oh, good old Maxi. I did not know that. Well, Jason I'm sorry. Marsden. Not also, from the Goof Troops, but I meant to say from the Goofy movies. Uh, well, that, he's also that voice he, of Max. It's the same guy. It's the is same it the guy. same guy? It's the same guy, no, Jason Marsden. He's also the voice of Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. So. Ooh, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's, Oh man! Wait till Hocus Pocus two comes out. I think this October. So oh, guys. that's right. It's coming out this October. We'll be talking anyway, about that. I, I loved. I love Spirit Away. I thought it was great. Um, Kevin, I'm so excited to hear. What are your thoughts on Doctor Strange Love or how I learned to? Damn! What was that? What was the full title? How I learned to uh, not worry and just love, or something. How like I that. learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Yes, love how, the bomb. What, that's what it what was. What are your thoughts on this film? All right, I'm I'm gonna give you uh I'm gonna give you okay here okay listen, listen. okay here, here's, oh boy here's oh boy I, here's what here's what I think here's what I think uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange Love I can tell after I finished watching this movie that I am very spoiled by what we have nowadays mm. the movies that we bring out and and the quality that they're at now uh make me look at older films and go. Oh, boy, all right, here we go. All right, okay, let's get through this next scene. Okay. Really? That being said, I was actually pretty captivated by each of the scenes in this movie. Um, okay, okay. Wow, were, that was a bait and switch. Man. I know, right? Like, you, you see what I did there? See what I, did? Like, I was yeah, like, oh, I, no, he hated it. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, that, that all yeah, being good. said, I, th- I think one of the things that was really interesting to me was the fact that it was called Dr. Strangelove, and uh, I was like, why is it called Dr. Strangelove? And it's not till like an hour into the movie yeah. that you meet Dr. Strangelove and you're like, oh, he's legitimately a doctor and he's just like <laughs> showing the ridiculous. He's just this ridiculous character. Everybody yeah. else is just like, 
I am a character from the 50s. Here I am, just speaking like this. And then suddenly Dr. Strangelove shows up and he's like, oh, Hello, Fraulein! Just like a lunatic. Uh, yes, he has this voice. That's right, with the Martian his... hunter. Like, <laughs> Martian manhunter, that's not what I mean. Martian, Martian, Martian the hunter? No. What's his name? No, he's Mar- got Marvin the Martian. Marvin mean? the Martian, that's what well, it was. Play, Rob Paulson, uh, voice actor Rob Paulson, he's talked about, he does the voice of uh, Pinky and, and Yakko from Animaniacs. Uh, he based uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff from Animaniacs off of Dr. Strangelove from this oh, yes. movie. So, the, so that's fine. He's got this voice. This is the, ter- the, the stereotypical German scientist voice. That all comes from Peter Sellers and Dr. Strangelove. It's that, crazy that, that like, started. When, I, when I heard this guy's voice, the instant I heard it, I, I automatically thought of Rob Paulson and like yeah. Looney Tunes and yep. just stuff like that where it's just, man, like I, I, I realized that, that there's so much history behind just this one character um, and it had such a big influence on the whole rest of the movie. And now Stanley Kubrick, I I gotta be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of him because mm. I, I I always feel like the movies I've seen him work on are just so weird that it yeah. it takes me too long to process what's going on. And I'm They're like, out there. okay, let me let me Google this now that I finished watching the movie so I can get these metaphors and like points of view that he was trying to make and the yeah. message. Because to me, the message wasn't like perfectly like a told across you know like i I kind of went over my head every now and then which maybe that's just a kevin thing you know but i think well well, what this movie does uh, is it kind of it's kind of tells it kind of satirizes war Mm -hmm. and it kind of satirizes the ridiculousness of war i mean there's that one scene where the president gets on the phone um with the the russian president i believe and there's this whole thing there's this whole scene he's on the phone he's like there's so there's they're exchanging pleasantries. It's like, oh, how are you? Oh no, it's great. I, we're doing so so well here. No, it's great, isn't it? And then they're talking about, listen, um, Mr. President, we we um we messed something up. Uh, we we're sending missiles to your to your <laughs> country right now as we speak. There's just that whole juxtaposition, um, which kind of satirizes this whole thing about you know. Uh, international relations where it's like you know we're all trying to be cordial and we're all but really like sometimes we go we're we're at war with each other sometimes we disagree but it's like on the surface uh we're all like uh you know oh yes we respect you and this and it just talk it it just kind of touched on something pretty humorous something I, i really liked about that by the way was uh every time the president's on the phone with the russian president and he's you know he's having back and forth conversation I can see the Russian president in my head, even though you never actually see him in the movie. And it's because the actor who plays the president does such a good job reacting to the phone call. Do Um, you know it's the same actor as Dr. Strangelove? Peter Sellers plays three characters in this movie. No kidding! What? He plays the president, he plays Dr. Strangelove, and he plays the... um, the British, oh god, I can't remember. The his British name. guy? No the kidding. British, the British officer with the mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's insane. That's all Peter Sellers. Yeah. That look at that, guys. I again, the whole thing about movies that are older quality stuff. Like I never like. I feel like there's a part of my brain that like lowers my expectations. But then as soon as I finished watching it, I'm like, oh my god, wow, it's like way better than I I realized it was. That's awesome. <laughs> like Kevin, look past the quality of the black and white camera stuff. You, and just enjoy the movie, and then you, you will. You gotta put your. When I watch movies from, from like older movies, I always try and put myself in the shoes of an audience member who would be seeing it at that time. 
and it helps me learn. To, it helps me appreciate the movie more, you know, because I kind of all the stuff that that all the movies and all the media that has come out after that movie. I try and get that out of my head, and I try and watch it as though you know this is the the newest movie that I've seen. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Um, it's got some humorous moments. I, I love that moment where he's like, "Gentlemen, no fighting. This is the war room." You know, it's I, it's got like funny lines like that. Yeah, uh, I, I found myself not laughing entirely at a, a lot of jokes, but the one that really did make very me chuckle. The, uh, yeah, I think the subtlety was the thing that made me chuckle. And there was one scene in particular, which was uh, the scene with the, the really beautiful woman that's in, the, in her bedroom mm. and uh, her lover, who's the lieutenant, is yeah. in the other room. And so some other lieutenant calls and she answers the phone and she just keeps on yelling at the lieutenant from far away saying, hey, can you hold? Hey, he said that he can't hold because of this. Well, then tell her that uh, he has to do this. Sorry, sir. He said that he had, you have to do this. Oh, okay. I'll tell him. So, anyways, he's and that just kept on going for like yeah. two minutes. And after two minutes, I was like, I get it. Like, I, this yes. is just getting more and more ridiculous. You get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and the the last thing I'll say about this is just the fact that I can see where so many movies took inspiration from this film. Um, one in particular that I thought about when I was watching this mo- this movie was the film called Don't Look Up with Jennifer Lawrence uh, and Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. yeah. They made it such a ridiculous thing about like the global warming and how how we all look at it and stuff like that and how we're all literally right. going to die and then we do nothing about it. Um but I kind of got a little bit of like, you know, uh Doctor Strange love from that kind of film. And yeah. I there again there when you see movies like this from from the olden days like it's it is nice to see how that has affected future films in Hollywood and uh it's it's been a really cool learning experience. So thank you for recommending that movie for me. Yeah, and thank you for recommending Spirited Away. I'm I'm really enjoying this. It's getting me to to get out of my comfort zone and 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 see things that I never would have seen before. So Well, that all but, being said, yes. Yes. Raul, we got to give each other our new movie of the month. That's right. Um so I I think you already have one in mind. So what what do you got for me? All right, well, Kevin, you and I, we're both theater guys, right? We, we grew up, you know, we, we've been, we, um, we studied theater and we've, and we've done a lot of plays and stuff like that. I always love a good movie that makes you feel like you're watching a good play. Um, and there's a lot of them that I've seen, especially on the, as I've been making my way through the AFI list. And I, I feel like you might appreciate, I'm kind of between two right now. I'm thinking of, there's two in my head I'm thinking of. Um, but you know what? Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give you this one. Um, who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Have you heard of this one? Man, you know what? That's a movie I've been told to watch so many times, and I'd never gotten around to doing it, except for now. So I will now. Yes, so it's... Uh, hold on. Uh, it's, 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 a great, it's a great movie. It's one of those that is based on a play, um, and it, it feels like it's... Oh, it's wait! Like, I've totally watched the play already. You've seen the play. I've seen the play. I when it, I yeah, yeah. It, Elizabeth Taylor's in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yep, yeah, I I've definitely already seen this story before. You know what? Then I will. Then I will. <laughs> I will give you another one. Rescind. You haven't seen. You've seen the play. You haven't seen the movie. But I. But I'll I'll give you another one. Here. Okay. How okay. about this one? Here, this is another one that I feel like it. Well, it, it turns out I watched it. I was like, this really feels like a compelling play. And then it turns out it was based on a play. It's Twelve Angry Men. Have you seen that movie? That I really want to see, and I haven't seen any of it. 
So okay, that yes is that. one. I love like I was I was about to say that I love movies that feel like a play because they get they make you feel like you're a part of it because you're in one you for the most part you're like in one space you're with the characters almost in real time sometimes and this is one of those movies Twelve Angry Men just like Virginia Woolf where you're following the story in real time with these characters there's no jump forwards and there's no jumping forward in time you're watching as though you are in the room with these men, 12 angry men, and they're deciding the fate of somebody on trial. Right, uh, that was like the court case one. Right, okay. right. somebody on trial uh, for murder, right? They're charged with murder, and they're deciding the fate of this guy, and you feel like you're, you're there with them, experiencing all the ups and downs and all the tension. Um, Peter Fonda is in it. Peter Fonda, who, who, uh, who I really enjoy. Um, I can't. I, yeah, it's, that's it's enough. That's film. enough. No, I, no I more. No more. You're gonna spoil yeah. too much. Uh, no, um, no, no, no. Here, I was just, well, yeah, I was I'm just gonna make, I'm gonna make this easy for you because we're, we're yeah. about to call this episode a day here, guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My movie for you is gonna be John Wick Two because I know you haven't gotten around <laughs> to seeing it yet, and I feel okay, like yeah. I feel like you need a fun one this month to to really like. Like, sit back and watch some guys sure, get beat yeah, into yeah. a pulp, you know? That's definitely one I would have watched eventually at some point. But now, hey, now I have an excuse to watch it to. even sooner. Heck yeah. yeah, man. And if you feel so inclined to watch uh, John Wick 3 after that, then I, I might won't say no. I, I uh, might, because I've been meaning to watch both of those, especially now that I know that John Wick 4 is coming out. Heck, it gives us an excuse for when John Wick 4 comes out, we'll go, we'll go watch it. It'll be great. Yeah. But, uh, guys, that all being said... We made it to the end. We so made it. Thank Thanks you so for much for listening, us. everybody. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram at Real Geek News. You can also follow our separate handles on Twitter and Insta at Kevin A. Rivera VO and at Raul Ceballos VO. Yeah, and hey, listen, guys, if you want to drop us a line, if you're if there's uh, if you're liking the show, you know, even just to send support, hey, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, I like hearing support like that. But if you want to, if you've got questions for us, if there's something you want us to talk about or talk about more often, um, feel free to drop us a line, send us an email. We got an email address, realgeeknews at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, buddy. And, of course, we'll leave all the description below. With that all being said, stay safe. Stay classy, and most important of all, stay geeky, my friends.